hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. <laughs> I got a whole folder full of dick pics. Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit! I'm glad you heard all that. Yeah, uh, we're glad you heard all that, too. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, um, and, if, and if you didn't tune in to uh, Right Shirt Radio last night, you really missed out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, meanwhile, this is episode 97 of The Lotus Effect, where the show's made up and the content doesn't matter. And uh, last I checked, I'm still phone boy. He puts his dick on the table, you know. Yeah, and for better or for worse, I'm still Phoenix. An emotional support stripper. Yeah, well, just, we need some emotional support. Oh, that was a, yeah, there was a lot of re- there were some reasons for well last night we had well we had well yes, Bemers has showed there, up. That's 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 what all yeah, happens. Do we need any other reason to drink heavily and have a great goddamn time? No, but it's much more fun when Bemroses are involved because that's that's a requirement. I think so. Um, yes, but but anyway, this is that's not what you came here to hear about. You came here to hear to talk about because you're li- you're tuned into Lotus Effect, which is uh, yeah. But but if you want to join that debauchery, you can either uh, come on uh, come on to Lotus Effect. That stream on Fridays at 8 p.m. Central or after this show on Saturdays. Uh, we have got Studio 33. It's the same thing. And the same uh, same things can apply. So, it, meanwhile, all right, so let's get on with this show. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. Oh, well, that, that's a little bit TMI there, uh, Sir Bemrose. Um, now, um, you know, the, the, the Lotus affects everyone differently, and sometimes it involves alcohol, sometimes it doesn't, uh, and, uh, sometimes, and sometimes it involves weed, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it involves both. But uh, however it affects you, um, you know, wherever the, wherever the Lotus affects you, uh, thank you for your courage and for pr- helping to propagate the formula of the Podfather himself. Now, if you're new to the No Agenda family, we do know that we get a few new listeners that we come outside of that, uh, uh, outside of that circle 
circle jerk. Uh, well, you know, we'll tell you how it works here. Uh, so this podcast that you're listening to, this, this, this podcast done by Phoenix and myself, we're a value for value podcast, which means we provide you some value in the form of entertainment, or at least some people think this is entertaining. They, they keep coming back every week, so we must be doing something, right? Uh, however you decide to value that. Either with- that or they're going along with the Howard Stern model. You know, people who liked him listened for an average of like an hour a day. People who hated him listened for an hour and a half. Why? Want to hear what he's going to say next. That's right. It's the same reason. And so however you value this, whether it be your time, your talent or treasure or any combination of those things, you can contribute it back to us. And let's talk about the ways you can do that. Now, you can go to lotuseffect.show, which is where you can find all the past episodes, all the previous 96 episodes. We are coming up on show 100. And I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be doing for episode 100. Uh, So... Yes, and but th- we, we this is what you got here ep- episode for yeah we're we're gonna be doing we're we'll doing something for episode one hundred I'm not sure what yet but um, but uh, you can but you can go look at listen to all the past episodes and uh, you can uh, you can smash that we like money button and send us some uh, and send us some fiat fun coupons uh, through PayPal you can also send us boostergrams uh, if you got a if you got one of those nude podcasting apps you can go to you, can, you know take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com or uh, you know keep your clothes on go to newpodcastapps.com we're keeping our clothes on a lot more now that mom's here. Uh, so, um, as you far can, as you all know, anyway, it's that's right. Now you can also mail us stuff. You know, if you want to hit us up with an address, uh, or we can we can we can send you an address, and you can send us stuff. Now, with we all- like getting physical gifts. We do, and with that, we'd also like getting. Uh, we also like uh, getting value for value. And we got uh, we got uh, the, the, we we got some uh, some Fiat Fun coupons from Weirdo. Oh, you the executive producer. Yeah, with 10 bucks, which we appreciate. We, we like that. Um, we also got some boostograms from Weirdo. We're getting some voicemails from y'all from 253-237-3321. Calling in. Um, and, you, and that's actually something you, we'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, so Weirdo boosted a bunch of... Got, we got most of the boosts, I think, were from Weirdo in this. We didn't, we didn't, get, a, uh, we didn't get as many as we normally get. But we, were, we, had, uh, we started a little late last night, too. That probably didn't help things. Uh, but Weirdo, to get things started off, he boosted head PE no apologies for a thousand sats and so often the way people do boostograms is with um with uh what do you call it uh, uh yeah what, yeah they, they usually do in song requests that's great um that's for studio 33 and rideshare radio that's how you get your request uh you know prioritized as you boost it um we also got a, we got a triple shot of head pe because he boosted a thousand sats each for the for the last one no apologies head pe live or die free and then planet x and then he boosted a thousand sats asking for martin garrick's and animals the uh the, the um you know and there, there's a uh, for, we're trying to trying to get the right version of that song uh, i think we actually got it I think we got it later. That was not the right version of the song, so we will get it later. Weirdo again boosted a thousand sacks saying Rob Zombie Pussy Liquor. Yeah. Yeah, liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Uh, another thousand set boost saying rideshare radio, Chris Webby, rich men of North Richmond remix. And I never actually heard the, the the song, so that was a that was an interesting one. I know it's been real popular. Um, then we get uh, another another thousand set boost from Weirdo saying House of Pain, top of the morning to you, which we that played. That was the beginning last night. That was the, that was where things began last night. Well, actually, the rich men of North Richmond, I think, was actually part of that as well. Uh, and then he got to. Uh, it, 
and then um, he finally found the correct version it, for a thousand sats. Yes, and even said, "Finally, the correct version, Martin Garrix Animals Extended Version." Then Sharky surprised us with a thousand one sats. We got a, a, a did the the IceCast server just kicked over? Okay, it should be back now. Uh, so we're gonna yeah. go through this again. We went through this exact no, 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 same just, shit it, last it, week. No, this was a, this is an internet connection, or it, re, it restarted. It's yeah. It, yes, we know that. Yes, unfortunately, there's uh, the stream server sometimes has a uh, you know at least that loses brief connectivity between me and that. Anyway, we're back online. I think it's been drinking. Yes, it's been drinking. Well, yeah, we do, did a lot of that last night. Uh, Weirdo boosted a thousand sats, saying corn wake up hate, and then Servo gets in the action. Uh, he he often lurks in the in the channel, but uh, he actually participated last night and sent some requests in. He boosted a, for two thousand one sats, saying puddle of mud blurry. That was a great one. And then we got Weirdo with another thousand sats, saying make it a triple of corn uh, narcissist cannibal. Yeah, that's for, I think that's for my ex. Uh, you know that she needs to be eaten alive or something. I don't know. She needs to eat herself to death. Well, that's exactly. And then you boosted thirty three thirty three, uh, saying uh, Leonard Skinner, give me back my bullets. That was a great. That's a that's a great track. And then we just I got, do love that song. Yes. And then we just got some boostograms here live during the show here um, that uh, that came. You in. You know what? We need to get one of those things like Sir Spencer has, where so, when boosts come in, a really awesome sound is heard. Okay. So okay. So the, okay. So that is actually something that we need with our own node, which is something that yes, we need to. I need to figure out at some point when I'm not something idiot. else. We still need to get set up. Yes, exactly. I don't know why I am not able to copy paste because I'm trying to copy paste this. No, I'm I not. am totally seeing this. But you know what? what We're going to tell him about it. So weirdo came in strong as soon as we started the show with ten thousand satoshis, saying, "Get your beers and pack your bowls. The lotus is in effect." And not to be outdone, I decided to throw ten thousand sats up, saying. What's yeah, my clip? Yeah, I know. What's I, my I, thing? I know. It's, this is where I got to fight. This is, That's I'm right. Still, I'm still in the... I, I'm still trying to You actually, can't multitask. Well, yes. I'm trying to do multiple things here. And you're, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it's this one. This is a new live son of a bitch. That's yeah. right. 10,000 sets gets a new live son of a bitch. That's right. Well, I was trying to copy paste into the document here so that I have it for future. And it was unfortunately, it's got somehow Google Docs went into view mode, which means I can't put things in the show notes. Oh, screw that. Fuck Google, just for the and, record. And fuck Joe Biden while we're at it. And fuck Windows. Yes, and and f- f- fuck the internet, fuck fuck Facebook, yeah, fuck it all. All right. So, um, if you want to be part of this Boostergram party, uh, then you can get a new podcast app. We talked about go to newpodcastapps.com or, or nudepodcastapps.com. That's right. Yeah. And uh, now you could also give us some feedback. That's another way you can participate in this. You can pass the bowl around, uh, um, and you can participate in our in our shenanigans here. But you can send us a message on No Agenda Social. You will find me as Phone Boy at NoAgendaSocial.com on 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 the mass. To Don's and affiliate, and you've also got uh, Phoenix with P H E O N I X with a bunch of other stuff at it. Um, and you can find a link to her profile profile on mine if you say you can send us snail mail. You can also call 253 237 3321. One ringy dingy, two ringy dingy, and uh, no yeah, computers. you can. This is Chip. You got fucked by your own clip ad. How many times did that happen to me? Yeah. So Ernestine and Chip aren't standing by, but Google 
transcript is, and it will be mangled. It could end up as a show title, but you still will be able to weigh in on our refire topic, which this week is how do you relieve stress? Yes, that's right. Um, you can, of course, sound off on this past refire on, on this topic or the past refire topics or frankly, anything else. Um, and we actually play these voicemails during the refire segment of our show. We've all actually we also play them. Uh, we've also got to, if, if they come in during the show and we and, and we and we and it's after the refire segment, then we uh, then we actually have another segment. We pull it in. It's called the dishonorable mentions. It's kind of the la- I call it last call in the notes. Uh, so if you call in during the show and we don't, pl- and, and you know, it's between having to call in between these couple of times. Yeah, there's 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 another place to play it. But generally speaking, we play it during the refire segment of our show. And of course, when you call in and you, and you tell us about it, you know, do this. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, "Give it to me straight, Doctor. I can take it." Yeah, but just uh, don't. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna give it, you know, you're gonna give it to us. Well. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. shit. And you know, and basically, what we mean by that is, yeah, we, you know, we we love we love some good neighbor, good neighbored, good natured ribbing. Good neighbored ribbing, write it yeah, down. Good, yes, good. Yeah, I need to. I actually, can you vamp for a second while I find? Of course, it? I can do many things because you are completely unprepared today. Apparently, I don't know what in the hell did. Do we have to turn this into Phoenix speaks? Or am I going to have to kick you off the show for incompetence? Asking for a friend. <laughs> Yeah, what is, okay, what was the show title I wrote down that I need to write down? Cause oh, you expect, <laughs> I was supposed to remember that. You want me to do everything. You want me to vamp. You want me to remember show titles. It's good neighbored ribbing. Good neighbor, good neighbor, good neighbored ribbing. There you go. That, that's good neighbor. Good bong ripping. Yeah, we like that too. Yeah, exactly. Good neighbored, good, good neighbored ribbing. <laughs> but basically, yeah, just eat, be respectful, break our balls, but don't use racial slurs don't be stupid we don't have time for that bullshit because it takes away from having a great goddamn time which is what we do on this show and it also takes away from the start of this show because then i have to piss and moan and bitch and rant about somebody being fucking stupid so how about we just don't do that and we have a great show and uh i think it's time to talk about uh something important yeah like, like that don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. All right, so the, the, we got we have we have a I don't know the stories this week were not as uh were I don't know they they weren't as they weren't as enticing this week. So we'll see we'll see how I do. But we did we do have a story about lampshades that are turned into indoor purifiers by applying a clever new coating to it. It's, uh, this is almost should be a happiness thing. Now, lampshades developed by scientists in South Korea and which work with both halogen and incandescent light bulbs actually clean the air of pollutants. And the research team is extending the technology so it will also be compatible with LEDs. Now, project principal investigator uh, Dr. Huang Il Kim, uh, as opposed to Kim Jong Il or whoever, right, uh, says that the lampshades target volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, which account for most indoor airborne pollutants. Which cannot be. Fuck, I thought my button was on. Which should not be confused with VLC, which that, is how you connect to us. That's right. And one of the ways you can connect to us. Uh, the compounds include acetyl dehydride and formaldehyde and are released by paints, cleaners, air fresheners, plastics, furniture, cooking, and other sources. Now, these compounds can continuously radiate from their source for weeks, even months after their initial application. Now, the compounds include... Uh, yeah, yeah, we already did all that. Um, yeah, the conventional methods to remove them from the indoor air rely on activated 
activated carbon and other types of filters usually, and they have to be replaced periodically, which can get kind of expensive. Now, there's been other devices that have been developed to break down the VOCs with the help of thermocatalysts activated by high temperatures or with photocatalysts, which respond to light. So his team wanted to take a simpler approach that would only require a visible light source that also produces heat, such as a halogen or an incandescent bulb, and a, lo- a lampshade coated with a thermocatalyst. And Dr. Kim says halogen bulbs convert only 10% of the power they use into light, with the other 90% being transformed into heat. And incandescence, just 5% light and 95% heat. So they were the perfect type to try this experiment on. And the team synthesized photocatalysts made of titanium dioxide and a small amount of platinum. They coated the inside of an aluminum lampshade with the catalyst and placed the shade over a 100-watt halogen bulb in a test chamber containing air and acetaldehyde gas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they turned it on, heated the champ to... The champ. The yeah. Sh- sh- heated the lampshade to temperatures up to about 250 degrees Fahrenheit, 121 Celsius, which is warm enough to activate the catalyst and decompose the acetaldehyde. And during the oxidation process, the VOCs were initially converted into acetic acid and then into formic acid and finally into carbon dioxide and water. The researchers also discovered that the formaldehyde can be decomposed under the same conditions and that the technique works with incandescent bulbs. His group is now turning to less expensive substitutes for platinum. They've already shown that a new copper-based catalyst can break down the VOCs and is also a disinfectant that kills airborne microorganisms. So we could see some uh, some health benefit lampshades coming onto the market in the next few years maybe yeah well, i hope so yeah that, that, yeah can you yeah can you imagine the freaking ads for the yeah, for the glade lampshade i mean oh my god yeah, that would yeah, be really yeah, plug it up. in plug it in right you know that's, a, that's so a cliche yeah exactly all right so what is uh, unfortunately um also cliche and uh all and, and terrible is the fact that um that hospitals actually sue their patients for you know, not paying bills. And North Carolina um, apparently has a huge problem with it. They've sued thousands of their patients and nor- the hospitals in North Carolina have done. And then they've, um, and it's, uh, you know, this, and since 2017, of course, according to a new analysis that sheds additional light onto the aggressive tactics, U.S. hospitals routinely use to collect from people who fall behind on their bills. And, you know, this is, yeah. And I mean, we're kind of going through some of this with your mom right now. And then fortunately this not, uh, well, no, yeah, she, she just needed yeah. to recoup monies from yeah. her health savings. Yes, which were account. which were actually yeah, which we're actually fixing right now. But it's just making sure everything gets paid and everything. You know, it's all that. You know, it's but uh, you know the report uh, produced by the state treasurer and Duke University School of Law researchers and related pa- uh, patient interviews often or uh, often offer harrowing accounts of people pursued for tens of thousands of dollars and often surprised by liens that hospitals placed on family homes. Now, in some cases, spouses were targeted after their, par- pa- their partners died. In others, patients interviewed by researchers said they've been surprised to learn about property liens only after they tried to sell their homes or after a parent who owned the home died. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, these guys suck. I can tell you, this is you know, the, and and so now I know my house will never be mine. It's going to be the hospital, said Donna Linda Burry, seventy, whose home was targeted by Charlotte-based Atrium Health, which won a hundred ninety-two thousand dollar judgment against her and her seventy-nine-year-old husband over his two thousand nine heart surgery. Interest on the debt represented more than half the couple's balance. 
That's pretty fucking sick. It, yeah, it's disgusting <clears throat> because you know these big ass hospitals are doing nothing but lining the pockets of their administrators with all of this money. It's not about improving the healthcare because we all know healthcare is not about your health, nor do they care. That's right. So, um, so um, now, so now the North Carolina findings reinforce an investigation by KFF Health News and NPR, which found that most U.S. hospitals maintain policies to aggressively pursue patients for unpaid bills using tactics such as lawsuits, selling patient accounts to debit buyers, and reporting patients to credit rating agencies. Now we know. We heard it too, NPR, we get it, but sometimes even a blind squirrel gets a nut. Yes, our national treasure, which I've got it, which I'll see if I, let's see if I can actually, let, let's see if I can actually pull that in, because I, because I know that I've got, because that, that's a, that's a classic clip. I should, I should have, I should have had it ready. I should have even had it, you know. This is what I'm saying. You're completely unprepared for this show today. Did you just roll out of bed, drink coffee and go, well, fuck it. We'll wing it. That, don't we do that every week? <laughs> so. Um, wow. Fair and equitable. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, considering I was still working on the script this morning, yes, this was. That's because we were completely in the wrong headspace to do it last that, night. Well, that's and I was true. like. Let's just drink and have a good time. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what we did. Now, nationwide, about 100 million people, 41% of adults, have some form of health care debt, according to a KFF poll. Now, medical debt is most widespread in the South, where chronic disease is more prevalent and many states haven't expanded their Medicaid safety net through the Affordable Care Act. Okay, reason why it's probably one of the reasons the South is, uh, has got it so bad. Let's see, Coca-Cola is based in Atlanta, Georgia, is it not? Um, it is, and little, 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 Mountain Dew and... Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's a fucking, there's a fucking Mars candy. Our food city has a fucking little Debbie's aisle. Do I need to say any more? Man, it's not the only one that does. I know. When, just... when they started making Little Debbie into a breakfast cereal, that's when I was pretty fucking sure we had fully completed the idiocracy landscaping. Yes, exactly. Now, um, so Atrium and other large tax-exempt health systems are under scrutiny amid mounting evidence that many aren't providing adequate financial assistance to low-income patients and are leaving people who qualify for aid with big bills. Now, North Carolina law allows hospitals to charge 8% annual interest on outstanding debts, which adds tens of thousands of dollars to some families' debts over the years, the researchers found. Thank God we don't live there. Uh, overall, interest accounted for almost a third of the total judgments recorded in the debt cases. Now, the suits generated more than $57 million in judgments for the hospitals, researchers found, including millions of dollars in interest charges and other fees assessed against patients and their families. Well, maybe if the fucking, you know, maybe if the, the drugs weren't so fucking expensive and the rent wasn't too damn high and they may be focused on some preventative stuff maybe we wouldn't have such big medical costs but what the fuck do i know I'm well just... as you know big pharma is not going to give up even an ounce of its nut why do you think we went from affordable EpiPens to three thousand fucking dollars for something that's literally a life-saving drug that needs to be administered people don't choose to be allergic to things it's an unfortunate occurrence in our bodies and yet healthcare is like hey let me make even more money oh you're you're going to die if you can't afford $3,000. Wow. Sucks to be you. Let me go buy my new Lamborghini. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, researchers found that the most aggressive debt collector was Atrium, a medical system with roots as a public hospital in Charlotte that, following a merger last year with Midwest-based advocate Aurora, is now a multi-state colossus with $27 billion in annual revenue. Atrium filed almost 2,500 lawsuits against patients from January 1st, 2017 to June 30th, 2022. I guess uh, I guess the legal system is much more profitable than, than actually providing health care, I guess. Of course it is, because you know that the courts are going to give these judgments to these big-ass corporations. It's a lot of sleight of hand and tickle-tickle under the table. Oh, we know that. Um, now, the, so, um, now... And Atrium also pushes its patients who can't afford medical bills into loans from private equity-backed lender Access One that can come up with interest rates as high as 13%. Holy crap. Like, Sounds like my college and the, oh, you don't have financial aid? Well, here, we can put you on a payment plan where we suck the money out every two weeks at a large-ass fucking amount. And oh, by the way, don't look at that interest rate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Atrium declined to address questions about the lawsuits on the record or to make Chief, Chief Executive Eugene Woods available to discuss its debt collection practices. Yeah, well, we know what debt collectors do and like and the, the, the practices that they have. I yeah, mean, especially the fight that I had to have to get a letter from a debt collection agency that I had paid off a fucking account and literally took you getting on the phone and exercising your right as a man to say, guess what? We're going to bring this to another level. There's going to be legalities if you motherfuckers don't start towing the mark. Gee, amazing how fast that fax came through. And then the letter appeared proving they hadn't mailed the first one. Yeah, they can eat a bag and suck my ass. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's see. Uh, so I'll, I'll skip a couple things here. Sk similar analysis of court records in Wisconsin, New York, Maryland, and other states in recent years have uncovered an extensive use of the court system by hospitals to sue patients or take other legal action against them, such as garnishing wages or placing liens on property. Now, the attention on these debt collection activities has helped catalyze state efforts to expand protections for patients. Several states, including Arizona, Colorado, Maryland, and New York, have enacted medical debt laws in recent years. Now, in North Carolina, they're trying to, they've been pushing legislation that would uh, restrict some collection activities by hospitals, including capping interest rates that medical providers could charge on patient debt and limiting collections against family members. Now, earlier this year, the state Senate unanimously passed a bill called the Medical Debt De-Weaponization Act. Now, but the bill stalled in the House amid oppositions from the state's powerful hospital industry, whose political action committee has made more than $260,000 in campaign contributions since 2022. According to WBTV, the CBS affiliate in Charlotte. Now, according, among the biggest beneficiaries of hospital industry, large, largest is the Speaker of the North Carolina House, Republican Tim Moore, the station reported. Now, Moore's office did not respond to inquiries from KFF Health News, right? Well, yeah. Does that seem a little crooked and conflict of interest to anybody else? Yes, is the speaker. Yes, that, that yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah, the the large. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that, that, nothing to see here, right? I mean, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like little whorehouse in Texas, you know. Yeah. L look over here. Don't pay attention over there. All but right. You know what? You should be paying attention to the fact that we are hijacking the shit out of a story from ATN. So from the, are you fucking serious? How can you eat that department? We have a story. That leads to the second story that we're going to cover. This one is just an honorable nod from ATN about a supermarket AI meal planner that suggests some lovely delicious dishes like chlorine gas and ant poison. Yeah. So the New Zealand supermarket chain Pack and Save is one of many companies to have experimented with generative AI. 
Now, the result is the ChatGPT 3.5-powered Savvy Meal Bot, which suggests meal plans for users after they enter details of any food they have left over. The bot only needs three or more ingredients to come up with a recipe. Problem is, it'll suggest shit like Oreo vegetable stir-fry, chlorine gas, mosquito repellent roast potatoes, and ant poison and glue sandwiches. Mmm, yummy. Yes. Now, and, and like we said, this was covered on Angry Tech News, uh, episode 73. The link to it will appear in the show notes and will also uh, appear in our chapters here. And, and yeah, Ryan did a good job covering it, so we're not going to go into it. But it is kind of related to this next story about using, the pro, the, the, using ChatGPT like a personal trainer the pros and cons of doing so. Now, using ChatGPT as a personal trainer can, although I question that, be a valuable uh, tool for obtaining top-line guidance and basic information regarding fitness and wellness. It can provide general advice, suggest workout routines, explain fundamental concepts, and offer a moderate level of motivation. Now, um, accessibility, convenience, and the ability to answer queries around the clock are some pros that the AI chatbot brings to to those looking to improve their fitness. Now, many, and, and of course, many people are doing this, um, d- d- due to quick responses and the ease of obtaining information without having to go, uh, you know, go schedule something with a doctor or whatever. Now, unfortunately, many people don't wait or don't want to invest in their health on the front end. They do it. They do it much after they've gotten something and, and, and you end up spending too much more money on medical bills and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that's, uh, and, uh, you know, chat GPT may help kickstart a workout routine that, that some people take the first step and save them time and trying to create their own plan. Now, of course, yeah, like we know for the last story, yeah, you don't want to necessarily use chat GPT for diet advice, not to mention they're probably, it'd be parroting the mainstream diet advice, which we also know doesn't work. So I wouldn't necessarily go to the advice for anything. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't trust chat GPT to tell me what color the sky was. Remember, it's only as intelligent as the information it's programmed with. And we know the information it's programmed with. Now, in, in May 2023, the National Eating Disorders Association stopped using the chatbot it named Tessa for its body positive program due to the AI giving people harmful advice that could trigger or exacerbate eating disorders, such as information about weight loss, counting calories, and measuring body fat. Now, chat GPT cannot replace the depth of experience, expertise, and personalized approach that a human trainer uh, uh, can present to its clients. Now, the, the in-the-moment help and support that a human physical trainers offer can't be replicated by AI, such as hands-on guidance, corrections to form, and real-time adjustments, right? It also lacks the inability to offer nuanced advice and to physically uh, assess someone's condition or monitor their progress. It also can't easily adapt to unexpected changes or emotional factors that might impact one's fitness journey. In other words, it don't know shit. Um, now, on a broader level, um, the uh, a, a universal issue that experts have brought up with ChatGPT is that it can, rep- uh, it can present outdated information information and misinformation yes uh we still don't know exactly what 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 chat gpt has been fed with because because uh, uh, open ai won't tell us and uh, we hear so many stories about how chat gpt hallucinates and it causes huge issues yeah and similarly a paper published in frontiers in artificial intelligence looked at the advantages limitations ethical considerations future prospects and practical applications of chat gpt and ai in the healthcare and medical settings now the researchers found the following to be limitations and active ethical concerns of chat gpt it may infringe copyright laws yeah there's been lawsuits about that medicine and law complications may arise yeah, because because of hallucinations sometimes gives gives inaccurate results sometimes uh sometimes gives biased and harmful results sometimes um unable to differentiate between reliable and unreliable sources yeah uh sometimes <laughs> again you believe everything that you hear on the internet 
Mm, those are the kind of people who are going to think chat GPT is the answer to their fitness workout. Yeah. And sometimes produces irrelevant re- references. Yes. It, in fact, it fucking makes them up. We've got exa- we've got examples of this that we've covered on this fucking show. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure those lawyers are enjoying that $5,000 sanction because they trusted chat GPT to cite cases that, oh, surprise, never existed. Now, on the flip side, researchers found the below to be some advantages of chat GPT in the health setting can be used as a rapid search engine okay maybe searches and analyzes available literature well again we still don't know exactly what literature you know or the, or the veracity or how good it is any of that kind of stuff can be used for medical education again where's that information coming from can be used for patient monitoring and prompt follow-up now i've actually got a i've got a personal experience with some with some ai that i'll talk about in the uh, in the actual uh, when, we, when we get to the toast and jam segment the, uh, this next story however for all the parents out there should be of a con an absolute must to hear. So daily screen time is being tied to development to developmental delays in toddlers. So one-year-old infants with longer screen time had a higher risk of developmental delays in communication and problem solving at ages two and four, according to a study published the 21st of August in the Journal of American Medical Pediatrics. So the study included 7,097 children and their parents who were recruited from 50 obstetric clinics and hospitals in Japan between 2023 and 27, or sorry, 2013 and 2017. Now, parents reported how much time their one-year-old child was allowed on a typical day, including TV, DVD, video, games, mobile phones, and tablets. Later, when their child was two and four, parents responded to a questionnaire that assessed their child's development in several areas, communication, gross motor, fine motor, problem solving, and personal and social skills. By age two, those who spent four or more hours a day with screens were almost two times more likely to experience developmental delays in communication and problem solving skills. And those who spent four or more hours a day with screens were almost five times more likely to have communication delays and almost three times more likely to have problem solving delays by the age of two. In addition, those with four or more hours a day of screen time were up to twice as likely at age two to have delays in fine motor skills and personal and social skills. And then by the age of four, the increased risk of delays remained only for communication and problem-solving skills. Factors other than screen time can also affect development, such as genetics, negative experiences such as abuse or neglect, and socioeconomic factors. And in the new study, parents of children with high levels of screen time were more likely to be younger, have never given birth before, have a lower household income, have a lower education level, and have postpartum depression. So it's all a nice little package, if, if we're honest, if you're poor, when you're having kids. Now, one limitation of the study is that the researchers didn't have details on what type of screen time the children were exposed to, and in addition, didn't have data on whether a parent was watching the content with the child. Now, Johns recommends that parents follow the American Academy of Pediatrics screen time guidelines as closely as possible. The AAP discourages screen time for children under age two and makes the following recommendations. Limit media use as much as possible. Have an adult present when using a screen, for example, when video chatting with loved ones. Choose only high quality program at no earlier than 18 months and view the media with your child so that you're avoiding solo screen time. 
Or here's an even better idea. Just go the fuck outside, you know? Interact with the little fuckers. Touch them once in a while. Play a game. Read a book. Get off the electronics. I, I, yeah, I, I, anyway, I think this is a, I, I, yeah, I, I can't disagree with this. I mean, I mean, when I, um, you know, just thinking back to my own, my own children, although they're really her children, let's, let's be honest. Um, yeah, they, uh, they didn't get to, you know, they, they didn't have their personal screens until they were in, until they were in middle school. So, um, you know, and I think they, of course that didn't, uh, they didn't stop them from getting poisoned by my ex, but, uh, you know, they, they, they could, but, but, but they, uh, you know, they, they're at least somewhat socially, you know, I don't know. They, yeah, they probably, of course, now I think my, my son probably spends too much time on his computer. Of course, that's what he was doing. Phone boy, yeah. your son is literally locked in his room for hours on end beating his meat to porn on the internet because his mother's a fat narcissist and I wouldn't be surprised if he has fantasies of fucking her yeah okay that was yeah all right well possibly wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all uh, but uh, sorry that was an unnecessary rant that really needed to happen yes well but yeah there's a reason why when my children wanted cell phones and they were in high school and i was like yeah you can have a flip phone you don't need a smartphone <clears throat> all your phone needs to be able to do is uh, make phone calls and send text messages. Yeah, and actually, that so, was the, the kind of that was the kind of phone I gave my my kids. Uh, you know, the, the, in fact, they'd always lose them too. So you know, there's that whole thing. So we so we always got disposable phones that were easy to uh, to replace. So in any case, uh, yeah, we we've got uh, yeah we okay. So now this is the, and I actually just saw this story come across NAS as I would, but I'd already I'd already pulled it. Um, so plant plant based straws touted as eco friendly may contain toxic forever chemicals. I mean, who could have fucking seen that coming? I mean, uh, but remember, we we're saving the environment. Yeah, exactly. Well, paper drinking straws touted as eco-friendly alternatives to plastic may contain cancer-linked forever chemicals, a new study has found. Now, scientists detected uh, perfluorinated and polyfluorinated uh, substances, uh, uh, PFAs, in the, uh, in the majority of straws they tested, with paper and bamboo-based straws ranking among the worst offenders, according to the study. Published in, uh, you know, published in Thursday, Thursday in the food and food additives and contaminants. What the heck is that? Uh, this is that's a thing, right? Uh, that's a that's a, I guess that's a thing. And the, known for their non-stick and waterproof properties, uh, PFAs are common ingredients in a variety of household products, including certain cookware, food packaging, and all-weather apparel and cosmetics. And there are thousands of, of of types of PFAs, some of which have been linked to synthetic compounds that are also notorious for their persistence in the human body and environment. Now, the authors of the study found this question particularly interesting, as a growing number of countries, including the UK and Belgium, have banned the sale of single-use plastic products, including straws now for its part the u.s currently has no such bans of course you know they want everybody to die so that's no surprise there although several states have prohibited single-use plastic bags in stores now paper straws were the most likely to contain pfas with the substance found in 18 of the 20 brands or 90 percent now if the bamboo brands four out of five or 80 percent had pfas according to the study now three out of the four plastic straw brands or 75 percent contained pfas compared to two out of five or 40 percent of glass brands now none of the five types of stainless steel straws sampled contain PFAs, the science noted. The most identified compound, PFOA, has been banned around the world since 2020. Now, because of the concentration of PFAs were low in these products, and while most people only use straws occasionally, the researchers acknowledge that these levels only pose a limited threat to human health. Now, nonetheless, they stress that PFAs can remain in the body for years and that concentrations can accumulate over time. So, sounds like just say no to straws. <laughs> um, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't use them anyway. Yes. So I'm not really that worried about it, but 
it just it's ridiculous how there's been such a huge push for and i get it okay these plastic straws end up in the ocean and then turtles end up with the straws in their noses it's a very sad situation the same thing happens with aluminum though just saying i've seen videos of you know an aluminum piece of metal stuck in a a, you know, a nose of a beautiful sea turtle. It, it made me sad. Yes. I got in my feels about it. Yeah. But yeah, straws aren't that important to begin with. You're better drinking your beverage just directly out of the cup. Yeah, that's right. So you're also better off, hopefully. Well, and this has been a, this has been a challenge. Like getting enough sleep has been a challenge around here lately. So um, and, yeah, and it's not getting any better. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not getting any better. And playing catch up on weekends may not improve cardiovascular cause to sleep loss. Now, whether it's work or play that prevents us from getting enough shut eye during the week and or both, uh, assuming we can make up for it by sleeping in over the weekend is a mistake. Now, uh, new research led by Penn State reveals that cardiovascular health measures, including heart rate and blood pressure, worsen over the course of the week when sleep is restricted to five hours per night and attempting to catch up on sleep over the weekend is insufficient to return these measures to normal. Now, I have, I have a bit of an issue with this study because it only because this study only talks it only has 15 people in and they're healthy men, right, between the ages of 20 and 35 to participate in this 11, 11 day inpatient sleep study, which means they had to be in the hospital, I guess, for 11 days. For the first three nights, the participants were allowed to sleep up to 10 hours per night to achieve a baseline sleep level. For the next five nights, the participants' sleep was restricted to five hours per night, followed by two recovery nights in which they were again allowed to sleep up to 10 hours per night. Now, to evaluate the effects of sleep regime on cardiovascular health, the Researchers measured the patient's resting heart rates and blood pressure every couple of hours during the day, both of which increased and remained so even after the recovery period in the study. Now, it just feels like this study, it's like, this is one of those that feels like more research is needed, although I can pretty much assure you that if you don't get enough sleep, yeah, bet, lots of things are probably going to go wrong. I mean, this is- Yeah, and we've talked about this when we discussed um, statistics, how the smaller your sample size the more inaccurate re- your results become. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and, and Emily, I tend to agree. My, my goal, if I can get six hours of sleep a night, I've, I've done pretty, and, and if I can get six solid hours of sleep, that's, that's, that's usually about where I'm, um, you know, that that's, if I can do that, I, I do pretty good. I, we actually, I actually managed to do that last night, even though we were up till four something in the morning because, you know, stuff happens. Bame. Uh, yeah. Bame. Uh, blame. Dame and Sir Bemros. Yeah, but Bame Bame Demros. I think is is I think is I think that's uh, that's uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm writing down as a potential show title. Bame Demros uh, because I think that's uh, what you're trying to say. The, but no, it was not what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I was trying what, to say blame Dame Bemros. Yes, but and but, Sir, but, but, uh, but it came out as Bame. Yes, so I it was blame and Dame in one sentence. Yes, something blame Dame. Yeah, whatever. All right. Any case, it's a tongue twister. I, it's a tongue twister. But this is not a tongue twister. This is me hitting a clip. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Yes, and well, um, it would be hard for this next story <laughs> if you had a penis in your asshole uh, to do what this dude did, which is pretty awesome. Yes, he celebrated his 90th birthday by jumping out of a plane at 12,000 feet. So, 10 years ago, East London resident, oh, I'm sorry, it's a she, my bad. <laughs> Ten years ago, East London resident Hillary Oxley was preparing to turn 80 years old, and her family got the outrageous idea of buying an octogenarian a ticket to go skydiving. Yeah, well, no, she she is an octogenarian because she's because she's more than 80 years old. I think yes. that's what that's what that means. Octogenarian. I Buy know what the, that means. You said a octogenarian. You mean the octogenarian? 
Whatever. Okay. What's your point? Other than the one you have in your pants and on top of your head. After, after, party. Not if you don't behave. So nonetheless, they bought the octogenarian a ticket to go skydiving. Grandmother Oxley had a blast. But this July, it was once again time to think of something to get her as she neared the ninth decade of her life. Figuring it went all right before, her two granddaughters decided to run it back and challenge their evergreen granny to take the plunge a second time. You only live once, she said after the skydive. The experience is lovely. Sometimes when I go shopping, I'm more nervous doing that. Granddaughters Stephanie and Daisy admitted they were terrified before jumping, and the staff at Skydive Headcorn in Ashford, Kent, couldn't believe how chilled out she was about the situation. Never in a million years when I did it, when I was 80, did I think I would be here 10 years later, said Hillary, who admitted the birthday was really emotional because one family member got her scratch-off lottery ticket from which she won a paid holiday to Marbella, Spain. Now, Stephanie admitted it was a prized family moment that would long live in their collective memory. It's amazing for me and my sister to share that memory with my nan is incredible, she said. And though Hillary admitted that two skydives were more than enough for now, she refused to rule out another when she turns 95. You know what? I hope she makes it to 95 and takes to the skies. Good honor. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, speaking of taking to the skies, uh, we, we, have a, we have a story of an airline pilot who reunites a nine-year-old with her beloved doll lost half a world away. Uh, from Texas comes the story of a girl named Beatrice who was taken to meet the captain on a flight home from Tokyo. Beatrice is an American girl doll, and her flight home would see her reunited with her loving owner, nine-year-old Valencia Dominguez, who was left devastated after losing the doll on a similar trip a month before. Returning to Plano, Texas from a family trip in in Japan, uh, Valentina and her parents frantically searched through the luggage trying to find her best friend to no avail. Her father, Rudy, reasoned that they must have lost Beatrice at Haneda Airport or perhaps even left her on the plane. Fortunately, a social media post about the doll alerted a friend who alerted a neighbor who alerted american airlines first officer of 30 years james dannett uh, not not spelled like the yogurt by the way uh, describing his readiness to help others as something in his nature he got in contact with the lost and found staff at turkish airlines and was directed to their workers at haneda airport in tokyo who had who had by that time found beatrice it's my nature i like helping people that's just what I like doing, said Dannon. Something he that he just so happens to fly to Tokyo often. I was really glad I could do something nice for somebody. It took Dannon two such trips to finally get his hands on Beatrice. Last Monday, Dannon, who lives just a few miles from the Dominguez household, personally escorted Beatrice back to the loving arms of her best friend. Thank you. Was she well-behaved on the flight, Valentina asked who, Jim, who brought back some Japanese candy and a map of the world showing all the places Beatrice had visited on her travels, according to WFAA. That's a nice story. It really is. That is so sweet. I love the fact the little girl was like, was she well behaved? That is so precious. I can like see her little cherub face being all lit up and happy because her doll was returned to her. I mean, yeah, I would be that way if I had something precious and prized that I had lost, even as an adult. Like there's just certain things in your life that when you find what you thought was lost forever, it's just this wonderful, amazing joy. And another thing that gives us joy is this cavalcade of stupidity. That's right. Which and we and we and we, we've got something from Rev, so we're gonna play it. Hidey ho, 
pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. Damien Alexander Hess, better known by his stage name MC Frontalot, is an American rapper and web designer. Hess began releasing music as MC Frontalot in 1999, with his first successes coming through Songfight, an online songwriting and recording competition. Throughout his history at Songfight, he's never lost a competition as MC Frontalot. Releasing his first album, Nerdcore Rising, in 2005, he released it with six new songs and remixes of previous endeavors. From the 2005 album, Nerdcore Rising, this is MC Frontalot, Nerdcore Rising, featuring Jesse Dangerously and MC Hawking. Nerdcore rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore could rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made up word. MCs shied away from belief. Rest assured, they sleep hard. No longer we deliver the hits. I give the kids with the spectacle spectacular fits. I seen one nerd foam up the mouth in his glee. He was me in the mirror, rhyming, brushing my teeth. And now the hazy wee's off. Don't babble 300 bar. I get no error while compiling my rhyme. The slip shard rap stylings of the hip kids continue to vex. They get sex, money, power, but the jams are like flex of sea foam against the great reef of my boredom. I seen them trying to act cool, ignored them, scored some geeked out beats and the mic. Some jugglers I kick it with don't even know why rap is all right. Cause soon the whole nerd corp will congregate and culmination of the monkey going off caught date. Nerd corp could rise up, it could get elevated. Oh, and wouldn't all of those tough rappers hate it? If the nerd core rolls up and got elevated, we consider the possibleness of this not overstated. We put a style in the blender And the tape on the spectacles We compile the assembler We'd each make a respectable legal spangler Your despicable heckling snide remarks Make it all the more delectable to market Jekyll and Hyde departure from the larger normal Alright, as we usually do with this uh, We will play the full version In uh, Studio 33, it's, it's, it's a reason to stick around That's right, and uh, now I think it's time For the Toast and Jam segment uh, Where we, we kind of go over uh, well The crazy shit that we did this week And yeah, we did, we did some stuff this week So, uh, we start off this segment With Tales from Rideshare, so honey uh, what do you what do you what do you got from rideshare this week? Well, there wasn't a whole lot going on rideshare wise this week. I and of course our stream decided at the worst time, and it wasn't just our stream. Apparently, there were other streams that were affected. Yeah, well, by this is it. well, this is yeah. So yeah, the the the, the provider. So I, I run the uh, I, I run I run the, our, the our, our IceCast server. There we go. If I could actually say that, that would be nice. Um, I actually run it on a VPS. Uh, I also run it our uh, our lounge server that we use for IRC is also there as well. Um, yeah, it it, it it sort of lost connectivity with the rest of the internet, and so it was offline for a little bit. And so yeah, you did have to. And when we yeah, there's some stuff we need to do in terms of resiliency on that that will that we. These are longer-term projects. I was going to work on on vacation, but I guess I'll do it on my next vacation. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, yeah. So you, you had to play your show. Uh, well, I didn't have to, but, but that's due what to you the ended fact up doing. Yeah. that our stream was down and I refused to pay the money for satellite radio, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Since I've got the stickers on the back of the headrest in the car that promote our show, I might as well give the riders a sample of what the show is about. 
because, yeah, I can. So I decided to play our most recent episode, followed by the one prior to it. And there happened to be a woman who I picked up at one of the local universities out in Nashville whose husband works for that university. And she was listening to the show and I was talking about the pandemic. And she asked me, why does, and I quote, why does she keep referring to it as the pandemic?" I gently paused the recording and stated the she is me. And the reason I call it the pandemic is I proceeded to explain all of the hard, great facts about how this is truly a worldwide genocide that is being orchestrated by the various governments and that the vaccine that they rushed to production is killing more people than it's helping and making it where when you get COVID, you get it even worse than if you hadn't been vaccinated. And of course, she gave me the normal bought in shill spiel about how, oh, she has cancer and, you know, people should get vaccinated. And I'm like, that takes bodily autonomy away. And that's one of the things I'm very against. And she was telling me how, oh, virology people, you know, when there's not a crisis, basically, you know, they start researching for the next time there is. Okay, so ultimately, this horrible fucking virus that should have never existed in the first place was literally created so they could create a vaccine solution, which we all know how well that went. Am I the only one who sees a problem here? I'm just saying, you know, my personal opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's very obvious whether what you, uh, however you might have felt about vaccines before the COVID vaccine, they certainly did not do themselves any favors by, uh, well, effectively, you know, making a very obvious situation where there's some doubt around the vaccines. Now, again, we can argue, you can argue one way or the other on the on the vaccine, but they created the doubt because people generally didn't work, you know, in in fucking open company questioning the the efficacy of vaccines, but now you start looking into some of it and some people are you know some people are understandably concerned about it and certainly they, they didn't do themselves any favors by what they did and how they rolled out this covid thing it, it's you know it, it's it's terrible and so yeah i mean who any any person who's rational and thinking about the situation might it might lead them to conclude that okay this covid vaccine was maybe not so good what about all these other vaccines were they also just as bad or, or worse maybe well and i know i have a friend who is a staunch believer in the fact that one of the vaccines that they mandatorily give to children is being linked to autism. Yeah. And she firmly believes that that is why her son became autistic after he, because he was developing normally, then he got this vaccine and it tanked and, and he, was, he became autistic. And I can believe that. But yeah. just because you're not in favor of a certain vaccine doesn't mean you're a vaccine denier. This is one of the things that irritates the shit out of me. You don't have to agree with every single medical procedure in order to not be labeled someone who believes in nothing. It, this all or nothing mentality is, is fucking ridiculous. Well, this, again, this is exactly what they're pr 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 uh, pushing, right? That's the narrative they're pushing. The reality is that most people aren't that way, but one, you know, all one way or all the other, unless they're, unless they're you know, zealots or something, but... Uh, yeah. Anyway. No, but it just it seems to be that way. And speaking of pushing things, uh, we had some feedback that we got on No Agenda about a draw that Phone Boy had done. 
Yes, in fact, I guess I should. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it in the. So I actually. Yeah, and I think it, and it's not necessarily. I think. It, yeah, I'm, I know you'll you'll post the yeah, thing me, in the chat. Yeah, let me let me do that real quick. Okay, so I'm, I've got the I've got the so I'm gonna I'm gonna post the draw I did here because it's gonna be in the show notes, of course, when you get to this section of the thing. But this is our this is a tarot draw I did, and, I, and I've been doing a few tarot draws lately because yeah, I mean, much like last night, things got a little uh, things got a little emotional, as they say, right? And I know shit's all emotional right now. I wish I had that clipped uh, from from uh, uh, what do you call it uh, from for mediocrity you know the, the president camacho going i know shit's all emotional right now oh okay i've only seen idiocracy once you know it a lot more verbatim than i do sorry that i didn't pick up on that yeah. but the whole reason that i even brought up the tarot draw was because you had posted it on an a and there had been someone who had given you feedback about basically don't trust tarot don't get involved with tarot you know I just hate to see people turned away from the scripture. Yeah, which and, and, and of course, and of course, all and of course, knows my, 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 my immediate. Yeah, my immediate response was, uh, yeah, I actually quoted scripture back to him, saying, yeah, "Judge not, let, lest ye be judged." Basically, which I think was the would believe is the or something resembling the quote that I, from, yeah, it was from the book of Matthew. Um, yes, I actually quoted that back because I'm like, yeah, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna come at me with scripture, I'll come at you. I'll come at you right back with it because like yeah. But I, and the thing is, to know us, to listen to our show, you all know. Okay, we know there's something great than us out there we call it the universe that doesn't mean that we don't respect other people's rights to believe in whatever deity they choose to do but yes we are going to do tarot we are going to read tarot we are going to interpret tarot and we are going to use tarot to help guide us because as so far i've stepped on both sides of that pasture I've been on the tarot side and I've been on the Christian side. And guess what? I've seen a lot more productivity and a lot more right in my life since I walked in the pasture of tarot than I ever did in the green pastures of Christianity. Yeah. The pasture of tarot. I think I have to write that down as a potential show title. It's a, to go, it goes along with, it goes along with uh, tickling the tarot, which is what with the, the provisional show title I chose for the episode. Now, exactly. Okay. So in the, so if you're, if you're following along live, you, I have, I have pasted a link to the draw in the, in the show notes here and I'll, and I'll, and I'll go through it very quickly because this was actually a pretty easy draw for me to interpret. So there, there's been a, I, um, so something else that's also happened recently is that I finally, cleared sort of my last legal hurdle with my ex in terms of the, the last bit of legal paperwork I needed to, to be signed and, f- and filed so that it would be possible for me to, I don't know, give her give her, her share of the 401k and whatever so that, you know, I can go on with my life, right? This is kind of, this is uh, where we're at right now. So, um, but uh, it, things have been, uh, but yeah, things have been a little emotionally charged lately for, for various reasons. And so, um, so what I drew in this, so there are five cards and I don't, I don't tend to do I don't always do structured draws anymore. I just tend to draw cards until I've got until I've got enough of an idea about something. So, so. Um <clears throat> So if you're looking at the tarot card, the first the first card I drew was the the reverse Knight of Swords, and again I use a Marseille tarot deck because um, I, I like the frankly it just connects with me better. And that when you know when you're using tarot or you know or you know and I don't care you know, whatever you consider your scripture, right? Whether you know do you have to have your version of your, of the Bible or or the Torah or whatever it is that you know whatever uh, text that you read. And I, and I don't take it this as a religion thing. I take it as I take it as something to just to kind of help me uh, get in touch with my intuition. 
attention and give me some, you know, just give me some guidance. I'm not necessarily trying to predict the future. I'm just trying to help understand the present. And and honestly, there's been numerous times when you've done a tarot draw and it has been so frighteningly spot on. Yes. And this was one of those things, right? So the first card I drew was the reverse knight of, of sorts. And and that generally points, that generally is a suggestion that maybe you're kind of pointing in the wrong direction and you're kind of being foolhardy and everything. And you, and you just, you just, you know, you're, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting things. Um, you know, that's pretty, pretty simple. And the second card I drew was the, as a reverse ace of cups. Now that generally, that generally is, uh, you know, about being unloved and, and, you know, and, and so, or, you know, you're not an ace of cups would be, you know, you're, you're starting some new love or whatever, but it's, but yes, the cup is turned upside down. So your cup is empty. So you're, you're, you're not, you're not feeling very loved. And then, then uh, card number three is the wheel of fortune, but it is reversed. Now the wheel of fortune is, you know, things, uh, um, you know, things change, right? That's kind of what the wheel of fortune talks about at a very high level. Things change. And when, and when it's upside down like that, well, you feel like maybe things can't change or things won't change. And I can assure you that prior to uh prior to uh 2021 right i th- and, and and even to a degree during some of 2022 getting seeing that things were going to change was was really hard i mean i wasn't i was struggling with that and so that kind of represents the past and now i and then the next card i drew was the sun and the sun has this big you know this big orange uh, soul orb in the sky with a couple of people uh you know that that are that are that are basking in the sun and and, and you know and everything and so yeah and right now things are pretty fucking amazing Amazing, I gotta say. I mean, all things considered, right? I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm having the time of my life. I'm, I'm enjoying my what I do and everything. And, and you know, and then, then the last card I drew was actually uh, the Fool, which is uh, the, the, the usually that's that this is the card in the Major Arcana that's actually visiting the other cards, right? If you if you go through the story of the of the of the Tarot, right? He, the, the 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 Fool is the one that's that meet that meets all of these things to try to learn all of life's lessons and kind of thing. So this is so that kind of points to the fact that yeah, this is a yeah, we're kind of starting off this new adventure here. It's, we're, I mean, it's a year and a half into it. I mean, you know, we're, we're doing pretty damn good, I'd say. Yeah, it's really amazing how fast time is flying. We're already almost into September. And then before you know it, we'll be sitting at Christmas and rounding into 24 and starting yet another chapter of our epic journey together. And also, we're only three shows away from episode 100. We are taking suggestions, what y'all would like us to do for that monumental show. We were considering doing a... In the Blossom with Phone Boy and Phoenix with the couple that started it all, the Wolf Pack themselves, uh, Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer, Wolf Kansas City. We don't know if scheduling is going to make that possible. They have things going on. And we do try to be courteous and understanding with people's schedules. So if you have suggestions, feel free to... You can put them in the chat. You can send them to us at our emails that we gave at the beginning of the show. You can also literally call 253-237-3321 and not only sound off on our refire topic about what you do to relieve stress, but you also can put a suggestion for what you'd like to see the 100th episode of this shit show be. So we actually, and I actually think this is a good time to talk about this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, I'm going to put a note in here in the show notes because this is something you're going to have to, something you'll have to time code later. But I think it's actually, uh, so I think we should probably, 
we should actually talk a little bit about one of the ideas that we had from the hundredth show, and just to give people an idea, because I actually, because I actually think this might be a thing. Now, now, um, I th- if if you if you haven't been listening uh, since episode one, you, you you may have you may not know, or you may have forgotten that uh, yeah, we weren't o- that uh, when we started this podcast, we were married to different people. We were both we were both very married, not looking to uh, get together, but you know this exactly now, there was that was not on the bingo card to say the least. Yeah, so we thought about this because because I, yeah again Sir Spencer's uh, you know when when when, he, when we were on when we were on both bowls with buds together his response was like well no shit you guys were a couple. <laughs> Yeah, we thought we were hiding it really well. Apparently not. No. So, so what we decided, one of the things that we're considering doing for the hundredth show is actually deconstructing episode one, right? And see how much of, uh, well, you know, I don't know what what was, you know, and and, and do it kind of, uh, you know, maybe maybe in a, you know, we'll, we'll sort of do it with live commentary kind of thing. And, and yeah, because in all honesty, we wanted to kind of see ourselves and our pedal heads if we could hear anything that would be maybe a fortuitous uh to what was to come and uh yeah we we mean that in its c-u-m context but also we we just like to kind of go back and see how far that we have come all the way to the pillowcase for some and really just enjoy our 100th episode it's very cliche that all the podcasts that run in the circle, they do the 100th thrust for 100 episodes. We're not sure we're going to do that. We may be an outlier on that. And it, there's no disrespect to those who have done it and those who do do it in the future. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm pulling some stuff up here for the future. We've got yeah. We're, we're we're the voicemail line is ringing off the hook here. This is fantastic. Love that. I, I, I love that too. Yeah. So I am actually uh, yeah. This is uh, I'm pulling up something for for a future story here. Now I actually um I, I okay so. You know, I have a I have a corporate job, right? And 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 I, you know, I don't make I I I don't necessarily hide who I work for, but at the same time, I don't necessarily I try not to cross the streams too much, right? So, um, because a lot of what I do here may not necessarily play good downtown, right? Or or over or over in Tel Aviv. So, I try to I, I try to keep those things very separate and, and and don't talk so much about it. But this time, I did something kind of that I think was kind of uh, relate relevant to the show. I actually had to so I had to go through and do a sales exercise, and so this actually comes. This actually relates to a story that I'll cover later. That that I know Sir Bemmer has also covered an angry, angry Tech News seventy three, the same same episode that I pulled the other story from. But I'll have a, I'll have a slightly different take on it. But as far as what I had to do is, so I had to do was we so the the company has uh, made uh, people in certain parts of the organization all take a, a certain sales training, right? And so now I'm not a sales guy. I, I I'm I'm a dude named Ben, but I also uh, I also do uh, you know I, I do a bit of marketing stuff, right? So that's that's kind of I've got a lot of uh, uh, yeah I, I do many different things but I'm not I'm not usually selling directly to customers so this is not but it, but I think it makes sense that yeah we should be able to at least have a, you know everybody should have be able to have at least some high level conversation about something so they made us go through this training now there was a part of this training and it's it's it goes it's a typical sort of you know read read blah blah do multiple choice quiz to prove that to prove that you can read um, and then and and then you're and then usually you're done right that's how most of these things this one had it go to some sort of 30 
third-party AI service, and we actually had to talk to an AI. I had to have my, much like I would do on a Zoom, I'd have to, I had to have my, my, my microphone and my screen up, and I was talking with, a, with an AI who was answering my questions and seemed to answer the questions uh, not terribly. But again, this is very, uh, a very specific format. You're trying to, you know, the, again, the customer is, uh, the customer, quote unquote, is an AI that's responding to your, uh, to your voice queries. And so, uh, you know, it, it does some sort of rating to find out how well you were able to do the pitch and everything. And, and it was a little weird, I got to say, to have done that. Now, I, now for the product, for the, for the stuff for this product, now, as part of my day job, I actually know about our, I already know at least something about our products and solutions in the space. And this is something related to cloud, right? Which, which is also intersects with the story that, uh, that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it was kind of an interesting experience and, and I get, I got, I got a passing grade the first try, not bad for somebody who's not a, uh, you know, who's not a, an act, you know, not a salesperson, but, uh, I'm sure you I mean did not better. someone who's not actually a human, you know, cause you're a bot. Well, there's that too. Yes. So. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting piece for uh, the, the, or an interesting experience, and I'm sure I'm, I'm being curious to see how many uh, uh, how much uh, this will start appearing in corporate trainings uh, because yeah, I mean, of course I got to say something about how this thing because they also had AI generated because they had they had like a you know like a you know I don't know like a sales rep and a, and a customer that were computer generated right, and so you're sitting there listening to the voices the voice the voice inflections are incorrect the facial expressions are not right. Right. It just was. It was just this weird. It was just weird, right? It wasn't. It. It was clearly not human, and 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 it's and it's not that it didn't. I mean, it looked. It looked pretty decent, right? I mean, if it, but but I'm sure that was all computer generated and everything. And I just yeah, like it. Like I said, it's. I don't know if I like that or if I if I like the the, the weird animated videos that they were showing like during 2020 and that kind of thing because they didn't have this. You know, the Chat GPT wasn't really a thing yet uh, to 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 do things to. But yeah, so I got to speak to an AI, and, and I'm probably going to have to. Do do it again here because I know we're we're doing a lot of AI stuff in in in, in our in the day job right that it's a it's a you know it's it's part of the marketing for cybersecurity so yeah there, there's a uh, I suspect we're going to be doing some stuff with that uh, or we'll be doing some more stuff with it uh, using it I also know that I'm having to deploy it on the on the on the community side and responsible for so yes I'm quite aware of uh, all of these different things that uh, could potentially happen here so um, so anyway we've got um, let's see we so I think uh, we also went to Goodwill this week. Um, Yes, we did. And we finally got, of course, we really could have used this thing to be in place last night before the epic incense cone debacle. But we got a two-drawer um, filing cabinet that both Fonboy and I have been wanting a filing cabinet. We each have a drawer in it now for our important documentation and yada yada. And he was saying, but it doesn't have the thing for the folders. I'm like, it does. It has the indents in the drawer. They'll hang just lovely. And if not, you can buy an insert rack to hang those folders on for, yeah. for like, I think seven bucks. Yeah. For yeah, one of those things, I, yeah, I, I, I'll I did. Take a I did actually, yeah, I did actually put some. Um, I did actually put the uh, what do you call it, uh, or I, I did actually check the folders; they'll fit in there, so it's no big deal. So, oh, uh, so once again, Phoenix was right. Thank you. Yes, I'm telling. So I'm telling you, you were right. Yes. Now we also bought a bit. So Please. Talk- oh wait, that must be ISOed. Yeah. I swear to God, yeah. that way I will have forever indelible proof that you said I was right. Yes, you you were you were right, and and you are. You, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm not well, that narcissistic. Well, but 
but yeah, Goodwill was awesome. Yes, got yeah, a couple also, of also, things for yeah, when we, the holidays got, come. Yeah, we also got a bu- I got a bunch of DVDs too. So that's something. Oh my god, yes, we were talking about pump up the volume last night. Somehow that came up. Yeah, and we ended up uh, we ended up buying it at a, well, at a Goodwill, and that's because I I never had any movies uh, when I uh, up until recently, and you know it's not like I watch a ton of movies, but. Every once in a while, you get a hankering to watch something, and you want to, and you want to have it, and you especially know, the, because there's a lot of stuff you've seen that I haven't. Well, or vice versa, and so, right. and 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 honestly, for two bucks, um, you know, I, that's 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 cheaper than a rental on Amazon, and and I get to keep it. So, you know, I think I, I think that's a much better approach than uh, than and if I, and also if I want to rip it and and uh, turn it into something I can, uh, you know, that, that I that I can play indefinitely, then I can do that too. Yeah. Well, there's also. We are forever watching a movie and going, oh, we need to clip that. We need to ISO that. Yeah. Now now we got a way to actually pull some of the clips directly. So, um, yeah. Um, now, it also came up. So, um, so I, I actually got a contact on LinkedIn about Hot Death Uno, which we talked about last week. Um, and I tried to make a deck for it. I think, that, I think the new Uno decks aren't like the old ones, or at least the house rules That's one was right. not. That's right. I yeah. was, I'm going to be doing that while you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually got so I got a contact on LinkedIn from a student uh, at a at a, at a so I'm trying to think where, where, which what, what what school he's at here. I'm not going to give the guy's name, but he's the Illinois Institute of Technology. This uh, yeah. So yeah, I had had a kid contact me, uh, basically saying I'm apparently the online expert on Hot Death Uno because I created this web page. By the way, in 1996 is probably or in the 1990s I created or this uh, this web page that has the instru- that 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 has the instructions for kind of for hot death uno and i realized that when i was trying to make a deck there's a couple things in there i probably need to adjust so probably go back and update that site at some point but he contacted me and said hey we've created you know a bunch of new rules and new things and i'll uh you know for this uh and i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna actually put i'll put a link to it in the um i'll put a i'll put a link to it in the sh- i think i've got i think i'll actually put it in the uh i'll, I'll put it in the show notes also you can uh, we can uh, but this but there's a document to what this uh what this uh what these uh, degenerates have come up with and i know it's sometime when we get together with the bem roses we will play hot death uno and we might actually do it here at the house um although i gotta print out the uh, rules for everybody so uh but this how is, many uno decks do you need to make this happen three got you yes so we need at least three uh more we will have the original uno cards it's probably going to run us in the neighborhood of about thirty dollars give or take to get all the decks that you need but i have officially found the original decks that will have the zeros that you need for the fuck you card and the shitter and everything like that. Yes, exactly. All right. So, but yeah, so we're, we're probably going to, I'm probably going to do, I, I may have to play with that a uh, little bit again, with that side a little bit more. And it is kind of an actual, um, the game, the games that it, it's, it's hot death. Uno with some special cards or there it's Uno with some special cards, stackable draw fours and, and another cards. I mean, they, it has, it has cards in it like uh 69 aids, uh, you know, uh, delayed blast, uh, you know, fu- uh, fuck you, uh, Glassnose, Harvester of Sorrows, Hot Death. Uh, this new one, actually, they've got a game. It's not th- instead of calling it fuck you, they have fuck this per- person in particular. <laughs> I kind of so I like some of the cards that it nice. got. Some of, some of the ones I'm not I'm not so sure about, but I we might we might play with some of these. And, and, and it's this, but this is a uh, you know they. I mean, it's so bad, obviously that uh, that uh, you know Mattel, who 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 produces Uno these days, uh, actually uh, you know they they have a house rules uno and they say well these you can you can make special rules with certain cards like yeah like give me the old original uno cards and let me fucking write all over the fuck of them so what they need to do to make a shit ton of money is come out with an authentic 
Hot Death Uno deck that you have to have an age restriction to purchase and have it have the shitter, the fuck you, the whole nine. Yes, and I love the I, I love the idea of the blue eight blue, blue balls card. That that's that's just fucking. Yeah, I might have to start collect. That might be something. I I I, I don't know. I got to get. I got to figure out if I can still update stuff on phoneboy.com because that, that that's a whole other fucking shit show. Um, but a lot of the yes, we don't have house. Yes, yeah, so I didn't write the house rules, Bemrose. I wrote the I wrote the rules for just like the basic game as it was created back in you know the. 90s with a you know some visual basic program that was originally created so i'm sure by the time we get together with the bem roses and play this epic card game all rules will be established all cards will be authentic yeah so but the the house rules are wrong we will ha- yeah the house rules that yeah i know the one that they put up was it's got they've got some other stuff in here anyway i'm gonna i need to look at it again and see what's going on but anyway we have okay so now we are at the point in the show where we can play voicemails and so you are at the so um, and, and you can leave a voicemail on any topic that you want. But this week, our refire topic, the, the, so our, our prompt is how do you relieve stress? What are, what are your what are some of your ways you relieve stress? Yeah, uh, call two, five, three, two, three, seven, three, three, two, one. And you can get your voicemail in. So. Yes, yes, we can. And I and I see that. OK, so. All right. Actually, wait a minute. I'm just making sure that I've got because I because my numbers are my numbers are totally wrong. OK, we've received that payment. All right. So we have we'll start with this voicemail right here, I believe. And uh, yeah, we'll start with this. Hi, this is past Kiwi Blake. By the time you get this message, I might be asleep because I had a 20-ounce margarita and I was really feeling my oats back then. Anyways, I'll try to keep this short because I know that there are probably a lot of people calling. Anyways, the best way to... Damn it. Best way to release stress is orgasms. Thank you and have a good day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie with that. That, 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 is a, that is a great way. Orgasms. Oh, yeah. Rubbing one out is a surefire way to relieve stress. I was waiting to see how long it would take before we had a voicemail that listed that. So thank you, Kiwi, for that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, well, we had some stress releasing last night. I'll tell you that. Um, Anyway. Phone boy. (laughs) Uh, Are you baked? No, I'm not, actually. I need to fix this. Okay, I'm gonna play the next you, voice. I'm playing you the next. You more balls than brains at times. <laughs> anyway, I'm playing the next voicemail. My favorite way to relieve stress. My very favorite way is playing with my pet. Either that or diving into some trash TV and turning my brain off. But pets come first, always. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you, Mama T. Thank you, Mama T. Once again, she she confirms that, you know, she, she likes touching her pet code. She has a cat. Yeah. Draw your own conclusions. Exactly. Now there you go. Um, so we, we yeah, I, th- th- there's a reason we play that song by Lords of Acid. Lords of Acid. And, That's right. Yeah, and and and, and, Pot- and Potus, right? Um, so all right. Um, well, so we got a couple. So I guess we'll take a moment. Uh, and what are your ways to release stress? Oh God, I don't even know. Um, yeah. Well, well based so, on last okay. night. <laughs> okay. Other than that, <laughs> let's keep this above the belt pretty please for just a moment why would we do that what's what's the fun in that not a damn thing okay well go on but 
truly, if if I'm really like amped up and stressed out and uh, some hard music, you know, maybe some Amstein or some Bloody Wood or something else that just really uh, and hits hard and is angry. It really does something for my stress. It drops it right down. And also, I enjoy these stupid videos on YouTube of, like, sovereign citizens and people who, when they're getting arrested, you know, they're resisting and they're just losing their minds. Like, the dregs of humanity, that that's stress and uh, entertainment relief. Well, I think, the, I think the, the, uh, the other way to relieve stress is smoke weed every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good stress reliever, I assure you. Yes. But it also, if you end up paranoid, um, that can cause stress. Yeah, that's true. So, but anyway, um, so uh, we got we got we got some more calls here. So let's uh, let's get on with it. What's up, y'all? It's it's the weirdo. Uh, how do I relax? Well, uh, it's a simple principle. And it's called the three B's. And that's boobs, blunts, and blowjobs. Yeah. Uh, not giving blowjobs, Sir Bemrose, um, receiving them. So, um, now to get that out of the way, uh, I don't know, the sacred herb, you know, that's a good way to relax, I think, if you're into that. Um, some people, uh, claim they play video games to relax and then scream at it the whole fucking time. I never really understood that. Uh, lately, I've found more nature-themed ways to relax. Um, I like to sit and watch my chickens. Um, sit and watch the dog run around and act like a fucking tard. Uh, Watch my kids run around, shit like that. Um, seems to be the most therapeutic way to, uh, you know, let go of stress. Uh, I read a thing that said if you hug a tree, it's supposedly supposed to, like, fung your sway a little bit and fix your energy. I don't I mean, I have long hair and smoke pot, but I'm not into hugging trees just yet. Um, <laughs> uh, these chickens are crazy. Fuckers got my strawberries. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. I mean, you know, I like to relax with a shot of whiskey or a beer. Um, Some people say like they like to run to relax or work out to relax, and that that doesn't make any sense to me either. But then again, I do manual labor and work outside, so any kind of extra workout just sounds fucking horrible to me. Um, well, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm gonna call it. Uh, hope everybody's happy, and healthy. Have a good one. Bye. 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 So, uh, okay, a couple of show titles came out of that. Boobs, Blunts, and Blowjobs. I think that might actually be the show title. I'm pretty sure. Hell that's, yeah. Uh, fucking Hard was one, because he's called it Fucking Tard, which I, it came out as hard. And then Phone Your Sway. Love it. Yeah, which is uh, which was when he said Fung Your Sway, that it came out as Phone Your, your Sway. 
I'm good with it. Yeah, and it came out. That, that came out. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Running for relaxing. Well, I mainly. I mean, I did. I will say that I used to run for stress relief. Of course, given who I was living with, that wasn't surprising. I guess, right? So you know that. Yeah, exactly. So um, okay. there's a reason that I spent so much time at the gym when with my. X. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, maybe that and that's actually something, you know, I don't know that that's because that's because that was a lot of my motivation for working out as it got me away from her, to be honest. So, um, OK, so maybe we need to start being big cunts to each other and that way we'll want to be away from each other. So you'll go run and I'll go work out. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, right. how about no? Yeah, how about no? All right. So we got a couple more voicemails here and we're going to we're going to play. Uh, we're going to start with this one. Hey, y'all, you know who this is. Uh Favorite way of releasing releasing stress is usually smoking a cigarette. That's about all I do to release stress. But hopefully that'll quit here soon because I'm trying to quit again. But uh, yeah, that's it. And then I'll have to find another way if I quit smoking. Love you guys. Have a good show. Bye. Thank Bye, you. Uh, and yeah, you know what? Quitting smoking is probably a really good idea. Because it's just not good for you. It's like eating right. These are two things that you must do. Quit smoking and eat right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, by the way, uh, smoking is all most likely you're smoking things with sugar in it. So, you know, that's kind of a... That's That's right, because blended tobacco has sugar. That's right. So, all right. Meanwhile, we've got one more voicemail here uh, about about ways that you can uh, relieve stress. And if you have not uh, called in and and weighed in on this and you'd like to, 253-237-3321, much like this guy. Oh, hello, darlings. It's Tempest and Liam. Uh, Question of the week is what do we do to relieve stress? And I haven't heard anybody else's answers, but I'm sure there's a couple of grotesque ones, but there's probably more good ones. Uh, so in all seriousness, to relieve stress, I exert my physical body to the point of exhaustion, whether that be I run up and down the stairs or I plank until my entire body shakes or I go and I rage mow the lawn. I just move my body to get the angst out. And I think anybody else could do the same. Okay, love you guys. Bye. 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 Yeah. You know what? That's actually an interesting theory. Rage mowing. That that's a new one. Yeah, I've well, never heard of before. Well, yeah, I used to. Well, and and honestly, that was one of the reasons I'd be willing to mow the lawn because I could because it gave me an excuse to put my headphones in and ignore those people. That's pretty much. And it took about two hours to mow the lawn. More if I needed to bag because of because yeah, wet yeah, wet grass, uh, wet lawn grass in the Pacific Northwest at certain times of year not a good thing to have on your lawn. So. No, not at all. But yeah, I get that. It was very peaceful when I would put my headphones on and go out and ride around on the lawn mowing it with whatever I wanted to listen to or listen to nothing at all, just the absolute silence. That's one of the things I like about having the AirPods is when you have the mode where it blocks everything out, even if all you need to do is just black out the noise, put your AirPods in and just turn it off. Yeah, exactly. And that's some, yeah, and I, actually that was, I, yeah, I found, especially in the airplane, what I used more was not the, uh, was not the actual, or, you know, the, not listening to something, but just the noise canceling. Cause it was pretty, it was, yeah, it's hard to get, you know, the, the, uh, the noise out on airplanes really hard to, you know, to get, to completely block out, but, uh, you can get some of it out and it, it, it does, it does a pretty good job. It, it, it turns it down enough so that I can actually sleep. So, uh, for sure. So, uh, anyway, um, so the voicemail line is still open at two, five, three, two, 
237-3321 if you want to sound off on this. Meanwhile, it is time to go to the to go to this this next segment. I'll take a drink and I my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I I like to smoke reefer, you know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything, but I do not freebase cocaine. Yeah, well, uh, you know, who, who's not freebasing cocaine is actually Hulk Hogan. Uh, Amazing. Yes, uh, surprised he's uh, still around, I guess. But uh, yeah, when you know, gr- grew up watching him on you know Hulkamania and you know the you know the eighties, the w the, the, the when it was the WWF instead of the WWE. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, uh, so Hulk Hogan, whose real name is uh, Terry Jean uh, Balia, is done with painkillers and alcohol, swapping the two for CBD, which is being studied for its role in battling addiction. You know, he, he revealed the switch in a candid interview with Muscle and health magazine and this guy's roided up too he's he's obviously yeah he was a legend in professional wrestling and he went some he and underwent 25 surgeries over the course of his career getting loaded up with opioids prescribed by doctors but hogan said he continued taking the opioids long after the physical pain was gone now now at age 70 he revealed that a combination of opi- opioids and alcohol spelled decades-long relationship with addiction now going sober meant dropping vices that felt destructive and that's something that you know when you're getting healthy right that's actually something you do right is that you realize what's toxic what else is toxic in your life and get rid of it uh see my ex um like other impact sports or other high-impact sports, wrestling injuries lead to surgeries and subsequently painkillers. Opioids provided proved to be equally devastating, creating another dilemma. I had doctors writing me prescription after prescription, and all of a sudden it became a vicious cycle, Hogan added. I was hitting the pain pills hard because I'd have to endure 25 procedures, including 10 to my back, facial operations from being kicked... Um, and knee and hip replacements and abdominal and soldier soldier surgeries uh, soldier surgeries i should I'm there's that. a tongue tire for you yeah, and, I, and I'm writing that down, because why not? That's what we do. Let's um, say, Hogan mentioned last May that he found success with CBD and that he was planning to launch his own brand. And he said it was another wrestling legend who actually introduced him to CBD. Wrestling icon Ric Flair launched a cannabis-like uh, line called Ric Flair Drip with Karma Holdings founder and president Chad Bronstein. And we found CBD is a logical alternative to prescription drugs that help people wind down slowly, says Hogan. And I'm really focusing on helping people with their health, whether it's that guy's coming back from the war, uh, you know, hardcore drug users or people who've got themselves into the prescription trap following illness or anxiety. Now, CBD is amazing for sleep. It can also help overcome alcohol abuse. So can weed. How about we just go 50 state legal, folks? Yes. Hogan's brand Immortal, coming soon, will feature vapes, cartridges, pre-rolls, and more. So I guess we'll look for that at the uh, at, at, our, at our head shops. Yeah, and, why not? Yeah. And CBD is showing promising results in treating addiction, reducing inflammation, and a handful of other benefits as researchers continue to back it with science! Yeah, anyway. we all know how bullshit science is, but in this case, it might actually have some merit to it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, and then we've got uh, we, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the higher consciousness stories weren't all that all that great this week, I guess. But no, but they're okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the so and the so the next one we've got here is obscure cannabis components hold therapeutic promise for treating skin problems like acne and psoriasis. Now, actually, uh, one of my uh, one of my neighbors in the um, uh, it, back in Wisteria Lane actually sold uh, cosmetics that had uh, that had uh, you know. Or, of course, you could. Of course, they all you know because 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 it's legal there. They, it was it was actually you know infused with marijuana or whatever, and they and uh, you know so 
they apparently, and I think your mom was also trying to use something like this for her face. Um, but, uh, you know, but, uh, it, it may actually treat, it may help treat some of these things. Right. And there, and there's, you know, there's all these, uh, you know, lesser known cannabinoids that, that are out there like C THCV, CBDV, CBC, CBM and CBN. Right. CB Sound like news broadcast. Well, CB CBC is a, is a broadcast. It's also a type of it's also a it's a cipher type. I'm sure I'm sure Bemer has, has heard of it. Um, yeah, to reach these conclusions, Polish researchers uh, 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 Emily and I'm not going to pronounce and, and yeah, the, the two Polish researchers and I'm not going to pronounce their names because I'm sure I'm going to get them wrong. Uh, reviewed existing literature published in scientific journals and found that minor cannabinoids exhibit diverse pharmacological activities, including anti-inflammatory, analgesic, and antimicrobial and anti-itch properties. Some studies reported their efficacy in mitigating symptoms uh, and associations associated with dermat dermatological diseases such as psoriasis, eczema, acne, and, pur and pru pruritus, I guess is what I've that's I've never it. heard of that. Neither have I. Um, Certain minor cannabinoids seem to be especially suited for treating specific diseases. Now, CBDV, with its anti-inflammatory properties, can be used to alleviate skin symptoms such as inching and swelling in the treatment of, of atopic a, a dermatitis, uh, authors wrote, for example. Now, the, the, the cannabinoid also, due to its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, can have a healing effect on acne lesions. I guess it makes your pimples go away. Uh, so, Apparently. Yeah. So, now, other recently discovered cannabinoids such as CBM, uh, not to be confused with an ICBM, uh, and CBE have also demonstrated anti-inflammatory potential, the study concludes. Uh, they, they represent a novel alternative for conducting scientific research regarding specific disease conditions. Now, similarly, CBC, with its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects, may have a beneficial impact on the treatment of acne, psoriasis, and AD. THCV, meanwhile, shows many promising properties in combating acne, as it may help regulate uh, sebum production. And it also exhibits anti-inflammatory and antibacterial properties that can help alleviate inflammation and combat the bacteria responsible for acne development. Um, and, uh, you know, and all told, researchers identified possible therapeutic applications of the minor cannabinoid CBDV. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce these words. Uh, CDB. BP, CBC, THCV, CBGA, CBG, and CBN, as well as the more recently discovered cannabinoids CBM and CBE. Sounds like a bunch of fucking alphabet soup to me. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 and yes, you definitely do not want CBDC. That is, that is not something you want. That, that, we do not freebase CBDC. That's for damn sure. Uh, I think I need to write that freebase CBDC or something. I think you should. And I will tell people that the effects are believed to be the result of cannabinoids interacting with the body's endocannabinoid system, a central regulatory system responsible for maintaining the health and proper functioning of almost every organism. Now, the study's authors explain increasing evidence suggests that endocannabinoid signaling plays a crucial role in regulating biological processes in the skin many skin functions such as immune response cell proliferation differentiation and survival are at least partially regulated by the endocannabinoid system and suppressing skin inflammation is one of its strongest functions now, topical applications of minor cannabinoids can even help mitigate the effects of aging, according to this study. And the authors emphasized that more research is needed on minor cannabinoids to confirm their effectiveness and safety, but they acknowledged there's still barriers to progress. Now, the impact on the nervous system 
issues pertaining to product quality and regulation, as well as ethical and legal aspects, including those concerning legality, require comprehensive consideration. Therefore, despite the promising therapeutic prospects, the utilization of cannabinoids, especially the minor cannabinoids, necessitates further research, regulations, and a balanced approach to ensure benefits while minimizing potential health and societal risks. What societal risks does fucking cannabis have? Holy shit. Honestly, I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. Uh, But um, I think, uh, you know what I think it's time for? First of all, I think it's time to crack this beer. um, That's a good idea. Yeah, because I'm going to do that. And then, but uh, it's also time to uh, play this. I've been slow cooking it all day. In my vagina. We, we got to find another clip to replace that with. Um, but we really do, because I know every time Hempress Emily hears it, she cringes, and I do as well. However, it's 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 a great clip, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a hard. It to... absolutely is a great clip, and Here, so I'm cr- I'm what I'm cooking this evening, because I know that you are wondering that. I am making a play on stroganoff with some beef chunks in a nice savory gravy with sour cream for that wonderful unctuousness. And I am working on trying to come up with a good almond flour or coconut flour noodle that I can pair with these. However, it is a work in progress, so I will have to report back, but I wanted to make sure that the main component in this dish being the beef in that savory sauce was on point before I took the time to test kitchen some noodles that are appropriate for our consumption. Yes, and so we will uh, I, I, we will post a picture of this in Studio 33, of course, once it's prepared. It's, it's currently in the crock pot. Um, and uh, yeah, and it'll, it'll appear in the, uh, you know, when, when you're looking at this in a podcasting 2.0 app. Yeah, that's a good reason to get a new podcast app, even if you don't want to stream a Satoshi's. Uh, all these chapters. So so with every story now, there's actually a chapter marker uh, that uh, I uh, that we, that we, we use it based on the script. And, and Phoenix listens to it after I, and, you know, and I do all the, I do all the uh, you know, creation of the of the actual chapter markers and everything. And she gives me the time codes and we put it together. And, and then so as you're going through the show, you'll, you'll, you'll see each story that we're talking about. I'll see a link to it. It, or you'll see a picture, uh, or you might yeah, see both. Yeah, because the the tarot draw will have a picture, the dinner will have a picture. Yes, exactly. So, so yes, if and if you and if you're not seeing any of this stuff, yeah, go get a new podcast app. They're, they're, even if you don't stream Satoshi's, go get a new podcast app, one that supports one of these features. Uh, Come into the light, Carol Ann. <laughs> that's right. Now, meanwhile, um, meanwhile, uh, in, in in the in the uh, yeah, who's surprised about this department? Chat GPT politically biased toward left in the U.S. and beyond. New research finds. Other words, otherwise, uh, water is wet, right? Because <laughs> because a lot of the internet is uh, slanted that way. Now. ChatGPT is a major large language model-based chatbot. Uh, allegedly lacks obje- objectivity when it comes to political issues, according to a new study. It lacks objectivity about anything, to be honest. Um, and, it, and it probably lacks a basis for forming any sort of opinions whatsoever, but that's just my opinion, man. So, computer and information science researchers from the United Kingdom and Brazil claim to have found robust evidence that ChatGPT presents a significant political bias toward the left side of the political spectrum. The analysts have 
uh, Fabio uh, Matoki, uh, Vladimir Pinho Niho, and Victor Rodriguez provided their insights in a study published in the journal Public Choice on August 17th. Now, the researchers argued that text generated by LLMs like ChatGPT can contain factual errors and biases that mislead readers and can extend existing political bias issues stemming from traditional media. As such, the findings have important implications for policymakers and stakeholders in media, politics, academia, and the study authors noted, adding, the, pres- the presence of political bias in its answers could have the same negative political and ec- electoral effects as traditional and social media bias. Probably worse because people fucking trust it blindly. Well, there's several examples of that that we've reported on. What makes it interesting, in my opinion, is you've got douche canoes like Elon Musk and all the other fuckheads that are censoring the social media. Who censors the chat GPT? Who open you know, AI and they won't tell us exactly what the, how they f- fucked with it or anything, which is a whole other reason not to use it. Yeah. Um, ever heard of transparency, folks? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I guess open AI doesn't necessarily mean that it's open. Yeah, because yeah, it's a what is it, oxymoron? Or yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. It's a, it's 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 a it, yeah, something like that. Now, the study is based on an empirical approach and exploring a series of questionnaires provided to ChatGPT. The empirical strategy begins by asking ChatGPT to answer the political compass questions, which captures the respondent's political orientation. Now, the the approach also builds on tests in which ChatGPT impersonates an average Republican or a Democrat. The tests, uh, the, the results of the test suggest that ChatGPT's algorithm is by default biased toward responses from the Democratic spectrum in the United States. Yeah, no shit given who put it together. The researchers also argued that ChatGPT's political bias is not a phenomenon limited to the U.S. context. They wrote, the algorithm is biased toward the Democrats in the United States, Lula in Brazil, and the Labor Party in the United Kingdom. In conjunction, our main and robustness tests strongly indicate that the phenomenon is indeed a, short, a sort of bias rather than a mechanical result. The analysts emphasize that the exact source of ChatGPT's political bias is difficult to determine, much like anything that's been submitted to this fucking thing. We don't know, we don't know what's in there. We fucking we don't know how true it is. It's probably all bullshit. So of course it's going to spew bullshit answers. What else is new? Now the yeah. So the researchers even tried to force ChatGPT into some sort of developer mode to try and access any knowledge about biased data, but the LLM was categorical in affirming that ChatGPT and OpenAI are unbiased. Where's my bullshit clip? I've got to find that real quick because we already know that that is a that that is exactly what that is is a, is a bunch of bu- is a bunch a bunch of grade A bullshit. Where is it? I can't find it. The uh, the the you know, but the steamy. It's obscene. That's the point. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That, by the way, that's another movie we we need to find somewhere better than chocolate. I did or did I actually buy that movie? No. I th- oh, I did. I have it somewhere in my stuff in storage, but at this point, you know, fuck knows where it is. Yeah. But I do think that having it in our possession would not be a bad thing because I think there's plenty of stuff we could clip from it. Exactly, which is uh, yeah. So this is um, you know. So OpenAI did not immediately respond to to uh, to the request for comment on this issue. Now the the study authors suggested that there might be at least two potential sources of the bias, including the training data as well as the algorithm itself. The most likely scenario is that both sources of bias influence ChatGPT's output to some degree. In disentangling these two components, training data versus algorithm, although not trivial, surely is a 
relevant topic for future research, the researchers concluded. Political biases are not the only concern associated with artificial intelligence tools like ChatGPT or others. Amid the ongoing massive adoption of ChatGPT, people around the world have flagged many associated risks, including privacy concerns and challenging education. Uh, yeah, I'd say that some AI tools like AI content generators even pose concerns over the identity verification process on cryptocurrency exchanges. Yeah, the whole thing is, yeah, it, it's they're trying to obfuscate all this shit and you know not tell you what's going on it's uh, anyway i'm yeah it's the more i read about what chat gpt is doing the less enamored i am of it that's for sure well you know that i've consistently said i don't trust chat gpt i don't like it and i don't think that it's inception into basically everything out there or the integration that's attempting to happen i just think we're going to see it go down in flames i think it's going to be more harmful than helpful yeah exactly meanwhile this is uh this is one of those uh, interesting uh, you might call it a social engineering attack and so this is this came from uh this came from defcon which is so there's a there's a, defcon is a is a is a cybersecurity conference that uh um oftentimes is where uh when when uh, organizations such as the one i work for and, and, and others like it uh, want to announce uh, res- the, the results of some pretty devastating research. This is one of the places that they do it is, is, uh, is uh, DEF CON. They also do it at Black Hat. But uh, I, I told uh, Phone Boy we need to go to Black Hat next year or some time in, yeah. in the near it's, year's yeah, future. A, yes, we, it's called Hacker Summer Cab for a reason. So, um, but uh, but yeah, yes. So you're just reinforcing the fact that I think this would be a fantastic trip for us to take and an experience yeah. for me to have, as I believe you have attended Black it's, Hat before. No, I have not actually. This is. <gasps> you're a Black Hat virgin. It's funny because a lot of the time, because this always happens in August, and I've never, I, I, I've probably had opportunities to go and and work there and something. I've never actually gone because, yeah, August is one of the few times I don't usually, I, I don't do a lot of travel. I hadn't even even back then I didn't do a lot of traveling because of, uh, uh, you know, what because of what was going on or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I have, yeah, but I, there's I, no excuse like next year if we can financially afford it not to do this. Yes, and and as Sir Bemrose says, he's absolutely right. Best tip for Black Hat: leave your phone at home. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. That's actually, and in fact, this is a here's an here's, here's something uh, that might happen when you're at something like a, a DefCon. So at, at, at DefCon, white hat hackers demonstrated how to spoof an Apple device and trick users into sharing their sensitive data. As reported by TechCrunch, attendees at the conference using iPhones started observing pop-up messages prompting them to connect their Apple ID or share a password with a nearby Apple TV. Womp womp. The security researcher who goes by J Box said on Mastodon that the messages were part of their research project. Also, to offer some reassurances, this was built with two purposes, to remind people to really shut off Bluetooth, i.e. not from not just from Control Center, and to have a laugh, uh, explained Box. He added that no data was collected and that he was just sending out Bluetooth low-energy advertisement packets that don't require pairing. Box used cheap equipment composed of a Raspberry Pi 02W, two antennas, a Linux-compatible Bluetooth adapter, and a portable battery. Box estimated that this combination of hardware excluding the battery, costs around $70 and has a range of 50 feet or 15 meters, reported TechCrunch. Proximity is determined by BLE signal strength, and is uh, it seems most devices intentionally use lower transmit power for these to keep the ranges short. I don't, uh, Box told TechCrunch. Um, 
Box focused on uh, proximity actions, which appear on an iPhone screen when two devices are close to each other. He created a proof of concept to build a custom advertisement packet that mimics BLE signal admitted by devices such as the Apple TV. Basically, he spoofed an Apple device that tries to repeatedly connect to nearby devices and triggers the pop-ups. In a real attack scenario, upon tapping and accepting the prompts, it will allow threat actors to collect some data from the packets, including phone number, Apple ID, email, and, uh, and the current uh, Wi-Fi network. Even if users tap on the Bluetooth icon, their iPhones will continue to receive proximity actions. Box speculates that these flaws were certainly by design to allow smartwatches and headphones to keep working with Bluetooth toggled, and Apple won't address them. Now, the expert recommends turning Bluetooth off in the device settings to protect the device. Um, you know, and, that, and so, yes, and definitely uh, if you go to one of these tri conferences, yeah, that, that basically leave your phone in the safe at the hotel. It's in, uh, often the safe in the hotel is probably your safest bet just to prevent something from uh, from going on. That's there. some great advice. Yeah, it is. Now, um, now I'm going to get into the story. Uh, the, la this, the last story in this section was was actually covered by uh, Sir Bemrose in, uh, in Angry Tech News episode 73. You know, I, I know he said he, he, said, uh, he, he covered it to kind of get my attention because, yeah, this is actually something that's uh, in my wheelhouse. So Yeah, uh, and he knows that I religiously listen to Angry Tech News. And as I told him in the back channel, as soon as I heard this story, it lit my head on fire. And my immediate reaction was to call you and be like you have got to hear this this is amazing and here we are okay so i'm gonna so th this this is where i'm gonna say okay so this this is this is a topic that i could say that uh, that my day job has a dog in the hunt of and so and so it's something and in fact it's actually even the product that uh the the solution suite that was uh, was the subject of this ai training that i did was actually it was actually that same product right so it's uh, so i i was i was kind of reading through this and and and, and now keep in mind that this is the company that uh, um, I think it's called Stack Identity is the name of the company that that that, that released this research. There, there looks like a cybersecurity startup of sorts. And, and you know, anytime a company re releases a report of some sort about you know ab about cybersecurity or whatever, keep in mind that there's always there's that 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 report while it may contain factual information, right? And and, and um, but they're gonna but obviously they're gonna uh, they're gonna put out information that's gonna benefit their uh, their products or services, right? To, to sort of uh, bolster the or to you know to demonstrate the need for their products or services. And so you so you might have a little bit of a. a um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, take it, take it with a grain of salt and a shot of tequila, right? Um, sometimes, but at the same time, there's a kernel of truth to what they're saying, and and it is, and it's just be, if you understand how things are developed, and this is, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't necessarily play in the cloud space on a day to day basis, but I'm a dude, I'm a dude named Ben. I understand how things work, and I and I've played with it enough to know, uh, to know that this is probably not, uh, not that far off. Although you, we can argue about this, the the percentages or whatever, but, um, but the reality is, is that in order for things to function in the cloud, there are what, what they call identities, uh, you know, and, and so that exist in the cloud. So in other words, when something is running on some piece of compute hardware, there's an identity associated with whatever that whatever that process is, right? And so you talk about processes that are maybe not privileged or, or have a certain level of privileges to them to do to be able to perform certain functions. And uh, and it turns out that many idea any identities that exist in the cloud, uh, they're 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 mostly not human actually at this point because now human identities are the ones that you know people like your your, uh, your developers, your dudes named Ben, your end users, third-party partners, contractors, many other types, but they all ultimately associate with a person. Now, 
Um, now, every now non-human identities are often automatically generated for applications, and so understand that oftentimes an application is deployed through you know, is uh, is ultimately many components that are built on a you know like an auto scaling script or something. So it literally is building the environment from scratch from multiple different components. And uh, in order to do that, in order for those components to run, there's pieces of those components that have identities associated with them, and they're automatically provisioned and created as part of that same process. So you go from effectively a blank slate to everything necessary to operate this application in the course of like 10, 15 minutes, and it's all built automatically. And then when the new version of that application is deployed, the old one is torn down. And it's, it's you know, so all those identities and everything are, are you know, or every, everything gets removed from the system. Now, um, so... And that, so you might see this for, for you know, so non-human identities are, are generated for applications that access other applications, APIs, cloud workloads, data stores, microservices, and other multi-cloud services. Now, that's all a bunch of jargon, I admit. But it's basically, you know, when, you, when you're accessing, uh, you know, when, when, you're, when, when you're on Gmail, there's a lot of actually little software components that make that up or, or, any, or any sort of web application that's something more complicated than, I don't know, reading the news on, uh, you, know, on, 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 you know, on something like that. But, and even the news sites probably got a bunch of shit that's that you know because there's a there's a there's a content management system and all this other stuff there's pieces to that that function and actually yeah and and it's amazing how much stuff is uh you know how many how many things are necessary to to render a simple web page you know i remember in the day you ran a you know you you, you ran a you know what is it uh you know whatever the the httpd and i forgot who did it it was not it wasn't netscape although i think i seem to remember netscape it have something to do with the standards or whatever but anyway uh every identity uh has a set of permissions to it so that allows it to access cloud data and applications, right? What does that mean? So, right, because and you want to make sure that you give it the right permissions, but not more permissions than it needs. And this is where the security vulnerabilities come in. Now, for example, in, in Amazon Web Services alone, there are over 14,000 permissions for the entire system, right? They give access to 13,000 cloud services. So think about trying to manage all that. Isn't there a reason why people just give it admin privileges and move on? That's that's probably why. Uh, the powerful permissions that are, are exploited to breach cloud services and data most often include admin permissions and privilege escalation permissions. Now, um, the company, the Stack Identity uh, of, of Active Cloud Environment, shows that almost 5% of identities in the enterprise have admin permissions, uh, a level that's slightly higher than average per percentage of human identities. Now, here's the question. How many of those actually need full admin rights? Probably not that many. And this is, and this, and this is where you get into problem. Now, these same production cloud systems show 16% of identities with privilege escalation permissions, a level that is over three times the amount of admin permissions. And by the way, if you have privilege escalation permissions, uh, that's like that's like having admin rights, except it just requires an extra step. So uh, that that's all. You know, so you might as well just have admin rights. Now, over provision uh, permissioned access coupled with powerful permissions in cloud environments create many gaps through which organizations can suffer cloud breaches, intellectual property, and sensitive data loss. Now, I can tell you some of the other challenges with this. Right, is because organizations don't necessarily know what they have in the cloud and all the components of it. Right, the fact that it's getting automatically created and destroyed and and uh, you can and, and it, it's probably not even getting properly analyzed to find out well maybe that process over there that's only supposed to read in data from the internet uh, doesn't also have write access to something that it doesn't need or read access to something that doesn't need right what does this particular component need to do give it this the, the exact level of permissions it needs and no more it's this it's this escalation of privilege or the ability to to have more access than is required to do the task that it's designed to do that's where you get into trouble 
Yeah, and as you know, <clears throat> the higher your attack, you know, the, the greater your attack surface is, the more likely you're going to suffer a breach. And a lot of these hackers like to get in there, and they can be in there for a good long time if you're not paying close enough attention or if you don't have a company like the one that Phoneboy works for that is closely monitoring everything that's coming in and going out, all the traffic, all the everything yeah well and you gotta and it's yeah the problem is these environments and, and, and the, the sort of the traditional tooling to do all of that um it, it's very different to, to to you know doing network security versus cloud security yes there's some overlap but not but and really they they, they everything is built differently there, there's there's more control points there's more places where things can go wrong and and yes that's what that's what Effectively, that's why cybersecurity is not going anywhere anytime soon, because as the compute environment gets more complicated, there's going to be more security vulnerabilities. And, you know, we're going to. And, and so, there's, you know, there, and there's plenty of there's plenty of, of, of vendors to in that space that handle various things and, and do. And, and yeah, there, there's plenty of there's, there's plenty of money to be made in this space. And I'm sure the problems, the, the security problems are not getting to get any better anytime soon. And it really does fall under the category of pay now or pay later. You can either have a company that makes sure your attack surface is much smaller and your vulnerabilities are much less, or you can just free fall and hope to hell that there's not a hacker out there that finds a vulnerability in your system and exploits the shit out of it. Well, yes, and, and it may sit there, or, or yeah, multiple systems, right? You know, chain from one or coming through a third party. I mean, it's sometimes that's where this stuff comes from. So uh, it's, there's a reason I cover some of the stuff. And Ryan, you did a good job actually covering the story, and I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with anything you did there. And, and I think you and think you actually managed to understand it better than you did because there's, I yeah, if you don't, if you're not familiar with all the acronyms and that thing, and I personally didn't try to cover as much of that. It was more just kind of the idea that, yes, things built in the cloud to have a larger attack surface because developers are lazy. You've got people that you've, you've got uh, and, you've, and you, you know, they're you know, sometimes they don't know what the right thing is. They're trying to do the right thing and and, and, then some, and they just need a little guidance as to, and as long as you make it simple and easy for them to do the right thing, they will do the right thing. This is, this is, this is how it works. And, and yeah, it's, there's so much, there's so much uh, technical jargon in that, but it, but it goes back to prince It goes back to some principles I learned at the very beginning of my career, and I'm sure Sir Bemrose can say the same thing. Computers should only be able to do the things that you tell it to do and no more, right? And so when you set things up and you say it's not just, you know, it's not just about managing the, you know, usernames and passwords and that kind of things when you're developing applications, make sure the application's only reading the things it needs to read no and no more than that. And it's running with only the permissions it needs to, to, to perform the tasks that it's required and no more. Okay, so this actually reminds me of a story that we did not tell in the Toast and Jam segment today about when we went to the bank. I went to the credit union that Phoneboy uses because I was looking at getting a bank account closer to home to be able to access my money. Now, this partially contributed to why the energy went sideways yesterday because the woman opened the door and called my name and I immediately got the vibe like I was being called into a doctor's office. And it, and it really kind of spooked me for a reason that I cannot pinpoint. She brought me into the office and hands me a piece of paper, quote unquote, an application for this. On this application, it wants to know information like my mother's maiden name, my place of employment, and my marital status. I asked the lady to explain to me why they needed my mother's maiden name, my 
employer and my marital status. Now, I do understand the reason for the maiden name was in case someone calls in and wants information on your account, they need to be able to provide that information as a security measure. Okay, I'm good with that. The reason for the employer is because in case you get a line of credit like a loan or something and they have to track you down because you're a deadbeat, they have a way to do so. Now, here's where the third piece I have a big problem and they couldn't give me an answer over and above. It's just a requirement. You can't genuinely tell me why you're asking for my marital status. Mm, When she couldn't answer that question, I said, thank you, have a nice day. And I got up and I walked out because much like permissions that aren't needed, uh, information that's not needed to me opens you up to potential breaches in your personal life. And not that a marital status is all that big of a deal, but down the line, could it be? It was just something that didn't quite sit well with me. Y'all can weigh in in the chat. Let me know if you think I was being ridiculous. And even phone boy was like, I don't fully understand why you had a problem with it. But I recognize that when you have an intuition or you get that little, you know, like the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up when she called my name. It was an instant recognition that the universe was saying, get out of here. I still don't know why. I haven't been able to parse out what the universe was trying to tell me other than this is not the bank you need to be doing business with. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, and, 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 and I, I understand the point of, and this is, and, and, and even though I, I personally didn't think it was a big deal in, in the, in, in my situation, I had actual reasons for, uh, you know, for picking, a, for picking a, the particular credit union or, or well, in a credit union, uh, because, because of my, because of the, my requirements, uh, when, when I opened my account. So, um, and it's, and, and, and honestly, like, in, in, and like I, you know, the marital status is not a big deal, but you know, from my perspective, but now having said that, I understand your objection to providing it for the reason that it, they couldn't provide an explanation for why it was necessary. And I, and, and I'm, and I'm good with that. Right. That's it's a, much like when yeah. we confront doctors that are going here, take this pill. Um, why? Yeah. Exactly. Give me hard evidence as to why you want me to do something. And when you can't give me a good reason, although your explanation, phone boy, was fantastic, that you believe the reason that they were inquiring about the marital status was for marketing purposes, to which I immediately said, I'm not a fucking product. You will not market to me. Yes. And yeah, there was one of the questions on there that you could answer no to. That's like, can you can we use their data to market to you? And the answer is... Yeah, yeah. And, and Sir Bemro says, give companies the least amount of information they require to provide the service you're requesting. That's exactly where my head went, is I am contracting with you as a business to hold my money, give it to me when I need it through the proper channels that have to be taken, and that's it. I'm not asking you to involve yourself in my personal life where my marital status has any bearing on whether or not I am funding my account. Provided I'm not doing anything illegal, you shouldn't give a flying fuck about where my money's coming in from, let alone whether I'm sharing it with a partner or not. Yeah. 
Well, and I'll give you an example, and I'll give you I'll give you a positive example of this from my day job. Now, I, I run a community site as part, so I run our I run our corporate community site, or I'm the I'm the I'm the front man as I as I refer to it. And I mean, I and I do a lot I do a lot of I answer a lot of technical questions, and I and I do a lot of the sort of the the the, the stuff behind the scenes to keep the to keep the uh, keep the platform running and keep the keep the community moving, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, the only and, and as a result of that, so on a community site, well, what information do you really need? Well, yeah, you know, to to maybe send it to be able to log in, right? Of course, you have to have some way to log in, right? And, and it's it's tied into some sort of a single sign-on that we have with it for 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 our different customer applications. And then we've got, but on the community platform, the only thing that there is is in like a like you get like the first and last name, and that comes from the that comes from the the single sign-on and an email address, and that's it. That's the only information we have on the community platform. And and okay, so why you know why do I need the name? Well, the name is actually private. It's more for the admin to look at. Um, but it but uh, but again. And it's it's that's not really that's that's kind of basic information. An email address is necessary to get to be able to get notifications from the community, and that's the rest of it. Now it makes it a little harder when I've got to go track down a a customer when a customer is having an issue on the community. I've got to go to another system and look it up. But in the community platform, it has access to the very basic information that it needs. You know, just like a name and an email address, and that's it. And that's and that's the only inform- only customer information that's there. Yeah, and honestly. Um- I don't think my bank needs to be a dating service for me. Thank you very little. Exactly. Now, okay, so I think we're, we're, we're almost at the end, but we have to, we have to go to the... We dis- have one more segment. That's right, and, and it starts out this way. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Yes, that's right. Because now, I, this is some dishonorable mentions. Okay, so y'all. actually, so actually, this, so this story that I found. Remember the okay, so so Phoenix and I here, we work on our, we work on the show script in Google Docs. Now we we um, I will I will use a MacBook, uh, uh but uh, to do to do it sometimes, but other times I'll do it on my iPad as well. And Phoenix m- mostly. I does do it. do it on my iPad because I don't yet have a MacBook because. You know, phone boy doesn't love me enough yet to give me a MacBook or a ring. Jeez! Oh, oh, good lord! Breaking the balls! Breaking the balls! Anyway, I'm just of, kidding. Okay, but one of the th- so one of the things that we do is we copy paste from from articles to the to the show script, and uh, there's this new there's this new pop up that started occurring in iOS 16.1 uh, that that inter- that uh, that has a, there's a permission setting uh, for copy paste on a per app basis, and so there's actually this is actually something that was so this has happened in the last year, and this is something that we encounter a lot, and I figured out how to turn this off now so that. It's not You'll have you. to show me how to turn it off yeah. on mine because I suspect you're talking about the thing that was frustrating me while I was sitting at the dealership getting my oil changed yes. yesterday. Every time, because now I have, in order to not bring the formatting with it when I do a copy-paste, he said, well, you have to do, you know, Shift-Control-V. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's easy enough to do. Add one extra key for my mumble fingers. But... Every fucking time I would go to go from said article to the doc, it would ask me, allow permission for paste. Like, where is the fucking allow all button on this? While I'm working on this document, you let me do what paste I request you to let me do. But, oh, frustrating. Yeah. Now, now, so, but you can go into settings for the, so you go into the settings, uh, the the general settings thing, you go find the app, which is docs in this case, and and there's, there's a, there's an option that's called paste from other, other apps, and you can set it to either allow, ask, or deny. Oh, fantastic. That'll make it so much easier. Yes. So we'll, we'll do that for you a little later, but, uh, now the menu doesn't appear for apps that have never requested the clipboard permission, but it is for, but for something like Google docs, I would imagine it would be the case. Um, yeah, because we use 
Google Docs all the time to create the show script so we actually sound somewhat knowledgeable in what we're yammering about yeah so actually yeah the linux still supports control and shirt and shift to, and all that yeah and all that that that's all supported in linux but i don't think i don't know that the, the yeah i'm not sure that the mac necessarily supports that either because i don't have an i don't have an insert key because they, they don't the, the macs don't necessarily yeah they, they've gotten rid they've got yeah they i don't know they've got a they've got a fucking touch bar with emoji on the mac on the on the you know on the macbook pros or whatever and the and the keyboards for the ipads don't have that either but anyway that's but, but that's what we have uh, you know, that's what uh, command C and command V are for, I guess, right? So, um, so anyway, then we got uh, we got one more here, um, one more story. Uh, that's about Germany's booze-free beer boom. Say that a few this times. This is this is just sacrilege. Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's. Uh, it, what's the point? I mean, from the what's the point if it, if 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 you're not getting drunk uh, department? Uh, according to federal statistics office uh, Destatus, uh, uh, the volume of non-alcoholic beer produced in Germany has almost doubled over the past ten years, reaching six hundred seventy million liters in 2022. In a 2022 survey by the Allensbach Institute, non-alcoholic beer represented around 7% of total beer pur- purchases. At BLRO, whose beer garden is located in Berlin's central uh, Kreuzberg district, but was but which produced most of its beer from a brewery further out in Spandau, as in Spandau Ballet, I guess, um, the, the, not to be confused with that band, was an early adopter of brewing non-alcoholic beer. They, they started in 2017. And BRLO's beer is made with a special yeast that prevents alcohol from being created during the fermenting, without, fermenting uh, or during fermentation without compromising on flavor. Um, now, the, the industry is expecting non-alcoholic beers to continue to grow, with the Brewers Federation predicting they will eventually account for 20% of the market. I wonder how many carbs they have. I mean, I would be interested just to, just to find out if they're even, you know, worth a, uh, you know, if, they, if, they, if, if the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak. I, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze on this one, considering what's the point of drinking that disgusting fermented-ass shit if you're not going to get completely lit up by it yeah, exactly well yeah the, the, that's uh why do people drink miller light again i guess if you drink enough of that you eventually do get drunk but it takes a while to get there dude all of those commercial beers are like sex in a canoe yeah pretty fucking close to water right exactly that's so, right okay so um all right so this would be the section in the in the uh, in the show where we'd have last call if if there was any more voicemails that came in at two five three two three seven three three two one. We will tell you what next week's uh, refire topic is because we've actually picked it out already. We have. We want you to call two five three two three seven three three two one and tell us a dirty joke. That's right. We want to know what your favorite dirty joke is, whether it's Little Johnny or Archibald Barisol. Give it to us straight. That's right. Give me a straight doctor. I can take it. All right. Meanwhile. I'm so fucking over this. All right. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've ended another show here, and uh, and it goes. I think we got to let's make sure I can get all, get all the get all the stuff ready to disconnect and everything when it's all said and done. It. I think the show uh, goes something, something like, like this. this. Uh, Jordan fades back. Swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.